Welcome. 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 Welcome to the Polytech Podcast. Hey, welcome to another episode of uh, Polytech Podcast, uh, part of part of the uh, WizWiz Network. Check us out on WizWizNet.com. Um, I'm honoured tonight to have my guest uh, and good friend from Becker Varsity. Uh, Misa Govia Vailuo. Welcome, bro. <laughs> I mean, hey, thanks for having me, and thanks. Uh, just, it's good to be here. Thanks, Cameron. I mean, hey, um, mm-hmm. so um, I guess in terms of where do we start, <laughs> can we go right back? I guess, you know, like I've, I've read some of your articles on LinkedIn, and so yeah. I guess just to set the scene, can you, I guess, start with your parents' Malanga journey, bro? We go right back. <laughs> mean. <laughs> um... Yeah, you know, it's it's often whenever we talk about it and um, um, so just, you know, paying respects to my parents or, or probably, you know, Kua'a uh, is, you know, my mum hails from Falakai, uh, you know, where the buses go to turn around. <laughs> The end of the road. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Thank you, boys. To me, and uh, and my my father um, is from uh, Laluma Lava, so Fasalele Anga region in Savai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Is that where the res- is that the resorts in that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and so I don't. You know, um, uh, all of my, um, uh, you know. W- you know, my father, when he was alive, you know, always talked to us about, you know, you have to go back, you have to go back to to do a safari and and get your and get and get your you, you know um uh, your swafa makai and stuff or or your title and um you know I said oh no dad that's not for me that's um, I'm not wired that way and and then uh, my grandma passes away and and I'm still living in Manila at the time and then oh, yeah. and then someone calls out and says hey. Uh, grandma said you have to come and you have to go get a title. I was like, and 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 the problem was, grandma had passed away, oh. so I couldn't prove it. <laughs> so, so who called? Like someone. So mum's mum. Oh wow. Yeah. So mum's mum passed away, but her final wish to you know um, to oh, our family was yeah. to tell that. Boy, that's living in <laughs> in the Philippines, singer over to, there. Yeah, that told that singer to get over oh, here wow. and get a title. And my initial, you know, and, and my wife will 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 attest to this. My first response was, "Did anyone record that?" <laughs> I was like, uh, your, "Your grandma just passed away. Don't you want to honor that?" I was like, "Yeah, but." How do I know that that was really her request, or is it someone else that's wanting me to go do it? So, so then, um, so then I said, "Oh, yeah, okay." So then uh, we came back, and then I went to Falakai, and um, I did, you know, and you know, it's that firm belief in go hard or go home. So I went and did Salfai uh, for for. Uh, you know, for three titles. So I went and did uh, Misa, Nanai, and, um, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, Lupe Matasila. Wow. And then, uh, you know, because, because, you know, I don't know how much people know about Falakai, but Falakai is, 
is the kawa anga and and when you talk about the anga uh, anga is a, is the uh, um, it's a it's a region within within Upolu mm. and so Falakai was the only area where um, you know it was called the uh, Tawa Ana, which means it's the warfaring clans of the Ana. Oh, okay. So all you know, all the troublemakers were from that, <laughs> <laughs> from that region. And so the interesting thing about Falakai is that it's only Ali'is. There's no. Oh, Ula okay. Fans. So every title yeah. from there is an Ali'is. Isn't, isn't oh, wow. So so now, and and in Falakai you had the Falifiku, which is there's only seven clans. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I now carry four. So it's the sure. Misa, Lupe Matisila, um, right. Nanai, and Fatlava'au. Right. And so whenever people ask, well, why are you doing that? You know, because, you know, um, I'm trying to unite all the clans and hopefully get the third dragon and then be able to... <laughs> <laughs> you know, be able to get the White Walkers and you know well, destroy them, yeah. them together. <laughs> yeah. and then be able to go you know beyond the North Wall. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah. So so yeah, coming back to that. So that's where Mum and um, uh, Mum's from. So obviously Dad was still alive at the time, and he was really really annoyed. He goes, you know, vinga vinga, all this time you're telling you, come to tell you, the seven from there. But, um, you planning to take a trip on the boat, buddy? <laughs> and he's just saying, you know, I asked you all these years, I keep telling you, I keep telling you. I said, well, Dad, you know, and and this is interesting, right? You know, I said to Dad, yeah, but Dad, you know, if I'm eighteen now, you know, um, if I'm eighteen now, so you know, um, Grandma was the one behind this. And Dad's like, how do you know? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> like that, is it? So, yeah. Um, Mum and Dad moved over here in 1974, and um, and I was still young at the time. But it, it's often, you know, they used to share a really emotional story because obviously in our culture, um, when your parents are, are still around, your job is to you know, to Kausi, to, to look after them mm. and care for them right through it. You know, and that's what I, I love about um, Samoa is that, you know, there will never be rest homes mm. in Samoa, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because um, we look after our people right through from beginning to end. Mm. And so, but my parents did something which you seldom uh, uh, hear, you know, other, you know, where they... And I, I, I don't know, m- maybe um, other parents have done this for their children, but our parents went against that, you know, and, you know, they'd often tell us, you know, <laughs> whenever we'd get into trouble, you know, they'd remind us how, you know, our our grandparents would stand on the bye-bye, you know, yeah. on the on the white rock outside um, outside the house and, and, you know, specifically say, you know, um, uh, you know, do you know what I mean? Oh, you're, yeah, leaving you're leaving and you haven't finished your job. You haven't finished your job. But um, my parents would would just, you know, uh, my mum would call back because it's her parents because mm. my father's parents had passed. Um, uh, no, no, my mum was, my, my father's mum was still around. But my my mum's parents, um, they were Faife uh, Au in that village where I was born oh, in Sangafili. You were born in Yeah, I was born in Sangafili. I don't know if you know where Sangafili is, because um, most people, when they're driving past Faleolo, they look at Faleolo. 
Yeah. Uh, Sung Philly's on that side. Oh, on the other side of the yeah. room? There's, oh, okay. there's a piece of wood there that says Sung Philly's <laughs> stuck to a tree. It must be after the dairy and it kind of <laughs> fell off the tree or something. <laughs> so so um, that's where, uh, you know, Tama and Tina were, you know, um, uh, serving in the Ifakasa church there. Oh, okay, yeah. And so then, um, you know, mum and dad would often tell us, you know, and mum would just reply back that they were leaving you know, to give us a future, to give us the opportunity that we couldn't get in Samoa. Yeah. And so um, whenever, you know, obviously coming back to what I was saying before, whenever we'd make mistakes, uh, they'd remind us of that. You know, uh, you know <laughs> what, your, grandparents, <laughs> <laughs> our grandparents, your grandparents would stand in the rock, you know, and you <laughs> come and you uh, get suspended. <laughs> I was like, uh, wow, this is like major guilt trip. But, um, but you know, in in all seriousness, it was pretty. Um, it was a it was a pretty bold move uh, from my parents uh, from 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 their end, and I'm forever grateful for that. You know, because I think a lot of the things that myself and my siblings, what we've been able to achieve, has always been off the back of. Um, you know the, the you know the decisions that they made uh, to bring us into this place you know to bring us to New Zealand Tauteo and mm. allow us to do the things that we are doing now so yeah that was that was a big move yeah. you know you know I'm sure there are thousands and thousands of stories very similar to that you know, so. yeah especially making that move and like you were saying that you go see until the end. Yeah. Was it a big deal when you made your you know decision to move the family to Manila, uh, um, Malaysia, or did you know it was a for a season kind of thing? Um, yeah. Well, you know, it depends on who you're talking to, right? Like when I was talking to sell it to my wife, it was two years. <laughs> when I was when she heard me selling it to my parents, I was saying it was three years. <laughs> so we're in the car, and she goes, "Is it two or three? Right? Because uh, your contract says five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because I'm not clear on what we're doing right now. No, as I said, look, um, it's two years, but I really want to make a go of it. So it would be great if we can do it for three. But let's see how it goes. Nine years later, we was <laughs> like, uh, and then, you know, my yeah, Linda wants to, she's like, babe, we need to go home. And, you know, it sort of co- it coincided with my father passing. And so... Um, Dad passed away in uh, December 2017, was then uh, buried January 2018, and then we moved back. Well, Linda and the kids moved back July 2018, and I was back and forth. Yeah. Um, And then I finished up with um, uh, Microsoft in the Philippines on uh, in September. 2018, and then so, so yeah, just recently, yeah, so, came back. Sorry to jump back, but you no, said no, no, well, no. so far you was that so yeah. you came back specifically after your your, your grandma passed to do yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So so then I and it was it's tough coordinating when you're coming in from Asia, right? Because mm. you have to fly into so there's no direct flight out of where we were to here. Auckland. Oh, so okay. we had to go by Sydney, Sydney to here. And then here to Samoa, oh. um, you know, and so, so it's you know, um, and and unfortunately, it's one of those things where you know you miss a flight, everything else sort of just you know, get cascades, pushed back, right? Yeah, yeah. So we um, we landed in, um, excuse me, we were we were due to um, 
you know, there was there was a major issue in in Manila at the time because um, the agency that you know uh, because I was with uh, you know the company organizes all of your travel and oh. all the rest of it, right? Even your personal travel, they get an agency to to help you with your clearance, your and and all the rest of it, and they didn't do it. And oh. so we're standing there, you know, myself, Linda, and our four children, and we're like, uh, "What?" And so then we get pushed to into the into the room, into this interrogation room, oh. and I'm like, mm, "You know, I think I can take all of you guys." <laughs> so like sizing people up, like going, mm, "You know, I think I can do that." Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. And I was just like livid. You know, and then I got on the phone and uh, I remember talking to the agency and I said, you told us. And we, so anyway, what happened was we ended up going home um, and then we caught a different flight. So we'd already paid for these flights, but then we had to catch a different flight to come back. Um, and so instead of being here for what was meant being in Auckland for a couple of nights, allow the kids to reset and then you know, in time zones and then fly to Samoa, we literally landed uh, that afternoon. Uh, you know, um, late in the day uh, on one day, and then the next morning we were on another flight, you know, up to Samoa. So it was like, you know, I was like, mm, you know, yeah, you know, doing those ones. But then I was like going, oh, you know, um, it's okay. You know, I mean, the most important part was that we were able to arrive safely mm-hmm. in, in, in all the different destinations we had to take. So then when we got there, um, you know, we went through the whole process of actually meeting with the village and the village elders. The, the difference was um, uh, my mum's brother was, uh, he was the coordinator for all the suffites. Okay, yeah, yeah. So um, he said, oh, you know, because it was myself and, and you know, brothers, so there's five five boys, right? And so he said, you know, just the eldest had to come. Mm-hmm. Uh um, my eldest brother, Kuila um, Epa or Kofilao, so he went and he did all the coordinating with Uncle whilst um, we went and hung out at the beach, <laughs> just waiting for when we get called up. But um, uh, Linda and I took the opportunity to jump on a plane and fly over to uh, to Kukuila, to Pango, okay. uh, to see her family because her family's over there. And, uh, yeah, it was nice. It was mm. nice. But, yeah, that's what happened around the South East. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So, so when your parents made that move here, did they come straight to – were they like every other family straight into mm. Central or uh, – yeah, 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 straight into – um, into Brown Greyland, you know, <laughs> at the time. Um, you know, we lived on uh, One Dryden Street. Um, and, uh, you know, when we moved there, you know, um, my my dad's sister um, had been in New Zealand since 1968, I want to say. Um, you know, and... I'd love to do a story on her one day because she was a flight sergeant in the Royal New Zealand Air Force. Oh wow! I know, go figure, right? You know, Samoan lady <laughs> who's like say from the Samoan. Yeah, you know, oh, no, no, she was. Yeah, she was a. a um, she was a sergeant, and so you know, um, used to be so proud of her. You know, you'd see her get up and you know meticulously set out, and she. Um, She'd go, you know, um, uh, off the, I think she was based in Fenua Pai. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, 
you know, and and it's funny when we were in uh, Manila, we met this uh, girl half Samoan. Uh, her father's Palangi, and her her mum's Samoan, and and then um, her grandma found out about me, and she goes, "Oh, you know, you know, why you English come Tovia and goes, oh, you know, but you know how Samoan elders are, they don't care about your first name, they want to know your last name. It's like, no, 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 no. And then they said, oh, Vailua, and she goes, Vailua. And so apparently, my auntie, when she was based down in Blenheim in, in the, um, in, you know, the, the, the Air Force base down there, she got her husband a job in the Air Force kitchen. <laughs> you know, and then she organized for people to come and help them to roof their house because, you know, there were Samoan, they couldn't speak very much English. Mm-hmm. And so my auntie was, and they were like just talking about, you know, how they knew Auntie Sa and all the things that she was like, oh, wow, it's crazy. Uh, right. And so, yeah, that um, I think when we, uh, when we moved over there, when we moved to, sorry, going back to, to your question before, when we moved to the Philippines, I think, you know, we, we felt like, Number one, we didn't know where the Philippines was. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like uh, you know, and it was just, but but you know, we're we're believers, um, and so you know, uh, faith has plays such a big role in in who we are as people, and so and I think culturally that's what mm-hmm. sustains us as, you know, uh, you know, across the Pacific, it, it's just the way it, it it is, and and so. We felt that there was a, a tugging on us to to make that move, and whilst it seemed on the outset that it was about work, mm. we felt like there was a little bit more to that. And you know, in hindsight, we look back on all the things that we were able to achieve, and also the experience that our our children had. Um, you know, our two youngest were born there. You know, it's you know wouldn't change it for the world. It yeah. was. It's crazy. So, so mm. I guess before we get into that, mm-hmm. getting into Microsoft. So yeah. I remember, you know, from Varsity, you were mm. there. <laughs> I was like, so is this guy? The only thing I remember this guy is uh, giving me a haircut in one of the bathrooms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks for the food, man. <laughs> I keep telling, I keep telling my kids, you know. Um, I remember my, I said to one of my kids, I said, oh, you know. Um, uh, you know, I used to work on radio, right? And they're like, oh, yeah, whatever. And I said, no, you know, I'm arguing with a nine-year-old trying to justify myself. And I said, no, honestly. And they said, yeah. And then I said, I'll bet you a hundred bucks, right? And then they go, okay. And then they went and asked their mom and said, mom, did dad work on radio? And mom goes, yeah. So there are all these, and then, then I tell people how I used to cut hair, and you know, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, "What idea?" Like, you know, it's like far out. What has this guy been doing with his life? <laughs> so yeah, um, sorry, I'll let you finish your question. No, no, no. This, well, since you brought up the radio, thing, like, how did you get into that gig? I remember you being at Varsity <sighs> and then just disappearing. I was like, "Where's this guy?" And bro, I, I think always, Bob brought it up. Bro, it wasn't I, until I started listening. Bro, and you know, the only reason why I took the job, you know. And, Hand on heart was because I thought I'd get a girl, you know. I thought <laughs> love songs. Uh, to me. I know. <laughs> I was like love songs to me. This, you know, if I've never had a girlfriend before, this is it. <laughs> if I can't make this happen, something's wrong. And you know, fair to say, I didn't get anything. And I was like mm, zero. And um, you know, I don't know because Bob took over me, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm, 
I'll have to check in with Bob and find out if he had more luck than I did. All I got, bro, whenever I used to get onto campus was people, hey, can I request a song? It's like, honey, oh, what do you think this is? Call up like everyone else and request your song. Don't tell me. I'm not taking lists of your songs to play. But, um, yeah, how I got onto that was, and I'll be honest, bro, I really didn't want the the job. Mm. But um, uh, I don't know if you remember Lance. So Lance, right? So Lance Lance was before me. Yeah. So I was the, uh, he was the mega star, you know, and and I was the mini star. Um, You know, I'm not bitter about it even now, but, you know. (laughs) It sounds like it, but But, um, uh, Lance was going down to police college. And so he spoke to, you know, Peter Sinclair, right? And he spoke to Peter and he said to Peter, hey, Um, Peter goes to him, uh, because Peter had already said to him, uh, you know, part of your role is to replace yourself, right? (laughs) Um, It's not my job to go and find someone to take your place. And so Lance is like going, oh, my gosh, who am I going to get to come? And so he thought of a couple of people and he thought of Tavita, you know, Tavita. Oh, yeah, yeah. He thought, uh, you know, I don't know what, what it was that he didn't, why he didn't, I think. I think he knew Tavita would abuse his position <laughs> and start making dedications to girls, even the girls who didn't <laughs> like, you know, bring Tavita, out his list of all these. <laughs> bring out a whole list of girls that he liked and just, ah, oh, I'd like a dedication. <laughs> oh, we've like, got a request here from. Uh... <laughs> I was like, so I think maybe that's why Lance didn't put him on. But then Lance came and spoke to me and he said, hey. I spoke to Peter and I gave him the two names and he said either one is fine with him. You know, and so then he came and spoke to me and and I said, Oh, you know what? And and you know you know the reason why I didn't take it was not because I didn't like Peter or I dude, I I loved my Monday, Wednesday and Friday nights. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Know? And that's when you know, so seven, quarter past seven you're there setting up. And then you finish at 12 and then you've got to wait for everything to click over and then, you know, to go into the automated program and then you go up. But who's hanging out after 12? Oh, and so you, so everyone else finishes, but you've got to stick around. Yeah, you've sure got to that. stick around. And so like, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you're like, man, you know, but, um, I, you know, it, it, long story short, I ended up, um, taking the job and I just, you know, I, I thought, oh, okay, and you know, it's it's crazy because I worked there for three years. Was it that long? Yeah, I didn't get paid for the first nine months, right? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, because you know, and then eventually, uh, the the um, what was Peter doing for you, mate? No, no, no. <laughs> No, what happened was let's go off for a nice meal at the end. <laughs> no, they like finance eventually caught up with me. The oh, of, yeah. of the rest and said, and then they they put big bold writing on a post-it and stuck it on onto the tax form yeah. and said, if you do not sign this, you will forfeit all your money. <laughs> you know, because oh. they've been trying to pay me. For nine months. But it just hadn't, you hadn't sorted your tax? I hadn't sorted out my tax form. And so then eventually I saw it. Oh, man. You know, and so eventually I sorted out my tax form. And then, man, I got a massive payday. That was ridiculous. So, yeah. But, yeah, so radio was, it was was a good, um, you know, uh, I think, because we did both stations, right? We did... um, 
uh, classic hits ninety seven, and then we moved over to and then we moved over to i ninety eight. So, um, but it was a it was a really great experience, and you know, um, Peter was a lovely man. You know, obviously, you know, everyone had he was a polarizing kind of person, but um, and everyone had their stories about Peter, but. I was really grateful that he, you know, he used to proofread some of my university papers. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know. Yeah, I was going to think, you know, in retrospectively, looking back as much as you didn't want that job, mm. what, what do you think you got out of that, like, just that understanding? Um, I think there, there were a few things. You know, because you're the technical producer, you know, you're the one that's actually dealing with the stress, you know, the stress of... When the ads kick in, you're dealing with sound levels, you're dealing with people calling in and then being able to make sure that they're ready and primed, mm. making sure that, oh, dude, making sure you're filtering out the crazies because <laughs> they'd be That's crazies. Right, that, that short time before. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They'd be crazies, you know, and, and some of them, you know, would come on, I love you, Peter. I love you, Peter. I was like, and Peter would be like, <laughs> I was like. <laughs> you know? um, yeah, so so you know you learn to deal with a whole bunch of stuff, but um, more importantly, I think what it what it taught me was just. Um, and I know this sounds really silly, right? But it was the ability for me to be you know take responsibility for myself because mm-hmm. you know I had to trade out my Monday, Wednesday, Friday nights for. You know, and it was part of growing up, really, if I can be honest, because, you know, in hindsight, because before that, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, well, maybe not Monday, Wednesday, because Wednesday you had choir practice. But Friday, <laughs> I was like, you know, you had to turn up to church or choir practice. Oh, I can miss that. <laughs> but, but Friday night, you know, that's when everyone goes to the movies, mm-hmm. everyone, you know, and you, and you, you know, and, you know, you had to give some of that. You know, I did have some. I wanted really, to work radio Monday, Wednesday, uh, and go, go Friday with someone. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but you know, there were the faithful friends who would wait for you until midnight, right? Oh, so Nathan, oh, Nathan, would, Nate, Nate um, would come pick me up after midnight, and then we'd go grab some chips and go eat um, out on the out on the wharf before the the fancy vineyard uh, <laughs> quarter was built out. You know, we used to hang out there, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I Is, think that's it. Yeah. So what did you actually study at varsity? <laughs> Um, you mean the first time or the second time? You mean the first time I got kicked out or the second time? Um, so the first time I came in and um, I was studying uh, to be an English major uh, because um, I loved, you know, I, uh, I, you know, obviously I love writing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, and that's the only reason why I write a lot of articles is because um, it's sort of like a creative. Um, out there for yeah. me. So, so you'd already done it from like college, younger as well. Or? Yeah. Well, you know, I I liked um, you know uh, being you know just just you know playing with words and things like that. And um, I did a lot of poetry as well. Um, uh, you know, long before spoken for the brothers. <laughs> Long, you know, it's funny, man, because then some someone turned around and called it spoken word, and I'm like, what? Oh, yeah. that was it. But, you know, that was just um, stuff that I liked doing because, you know, um, obviously because it wasn't cool, yeah, you know, you yeah. don't really talk about it or anything <laughs> like that. It was like, so what are you going to do? Well, I'm not going to tell people I'm going to go and write some poetry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hell 
no. So, so people are like, oh, what are you going to do? Oh, I'm just going to go hang out and, you know, and what's the NRL? And, and you know, <laughs> I was like, but really? It's like, oh, yeah, hitherto, wherefore? It's like, it was like, oh, wow. Yeah, so, so I, and, you know, I came in, I was doing, you know, uh, things like uh, phonetics and phonology, um, sure. you know, um, Chaucer, Shakespeare, you know, all of that yeah, stuff yeah. because I was really keen. Um, so I came in in my first year in term one. I was averaging, I think, around 95, 96%. Like I was oh, killing it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the end of that year, I was struggling to get 45, which is the pass mark. <laughs> but man, I was really good at basketball. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about stacking all those plates when you oh, used to come down. No, oh, dude, that, oh, that's we'll your, come back that's later. That's your and Roger. That's your and Roger. But. Um, yeah, I, I sort of lost myself because um, uh, I came into uh, varsity when I was, I think, you know, because when I was going through school, I skipped a year. So I was always the youngest in, 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 your in class. In class. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I came out of, um, uh, uh, I came into varsity man, and I your was... Your mum put that fire in you with the, the grandma stuff. Uh, <laughs> But um, uh, I remember I went to my orientation at university and I was 16, right? Oh, sure. So, um, and, and you have to think about it because I hadn't wagged a single day of school in my entire life. Oh, so you just come out as fresh well, kids. I, I, I mean, I want to, but I want to, I, I want to qualify that, you know, where Avondale College was, uh, respect. Um, where <laughs> you know, my uncle lived here on the oh. boundary. My auntie lived here on the boundary. Oh, so, so you're at school. <laughs> so, so there was nowhere you could go without, you know, without your ankle bracelet going. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> number six is on the run. Like, so I never, I never, um, you know, I, I never um, veered down that path or I, you know, I attended every single day of school. Um and so when I got to varsity, I was like, hey, you don't you have know, to turn hey, up on time. Hey, dude, I remember I was sitting there in my, you know, and I don't know, you know, no one knows why I took social anthropology, <laughs> 03.101, but I took it. And then I remember sitting there and the lecturer stands up, first class, you know, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, man. And I'm like, man, I'm going to nail this. And he goes, I do not care if you turn up to class. I will not come looking for you. You have to turn up to a minimum of tutorials. But other than that, your destiny is in your own hands. That's what he said. I was like, what a strange way to start a a year. But then sort of going into the end of term one, I was like, he's not going to chase me. I have to turn up to a minimum of tutorials. (laughs) Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm good, right? And so that's where I started mastering in um, St. James uh, movie theaters, (laughs) Um, you know, and working on, you know, my... I thought you were working there with Mike at the time. (laughs) I didn't realize you were just visiting. (laughs) I was just visiting. You're hanging out with Mike and sort of, hey, can I get a free popcorn? And, um, you know, working on my plyometrics to see if I can improve my basketball game. And so I think that steady decline from what was meant to be real, but... I come back to the point that I was, you know, um, I'd gone from a place where um, uh, I thought I was turning up to school because I loved school. And I did love school. Mm. But I realized then if I was given half half a chance to escape from that, 
I would. Yeah. And that's what I was doing when I got to university where, you know, I was still, I was still too young. I was too young to be there. And yeah, 16, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, I, I, by the time I got there, I was 17 and I was like going out. People were like going, oh, so what are you, what are you doing with yourself? You know, mm-hmm. and, and, but I was the first in my family to ever get to university. Yeah. So, you know, my parents would talk about how, oh, you know, and, and, you know, the, the, the people at church would be like, that kid's going somewhere, yeah, yeah. you know, where it is, I have no idea, but he's going somewhere. <laughs> I was like, and then you get to the point where, um, he gets, you know, where I, um, you know, I'm one of the few Samoans that would ever admit, or one of the few people who would ever admit to being kicked out of university mm-hmm. because I got that letter of exclusion. So she actually got a, got told you can't come back. Yeah, yeah. So I got a letter and it said, um, "We, you know, we strongly suggest you review your options. That uh, given your results, you know, I had I had paid, you know, sat fourteen papers and only passed two. Sure. And so then they said we strongly recommend that you, you know." Um, you know, assess your options and and then if you do decide to come back, we'll then review it and we'll let you come back under probation. So that year was a tough year for me because mm-hmm. I came away and, you know, again, I, I you know, it, it was less about um, the embarrassment or shame. It, it wasn't that. It was more the um, disappointment that my parents felt. Mm. About the whole, about the whole, about the whole thing, and I, I, I felt like I'd let them down, and and so that whole, you know, you know, grandma and granddad standing in front of the house really sort of um, found a place in me, mm. you know, and from that point on, I just decided, you know, I'm never, I'm not, I'm not going to go back down this road anymore. Yeah. I just don't want to be here, and so, um, yeah, it was that was a big turning point. Um, in my life, and um, I remember in in the end of the second, uh, the end of the first year, you know, I I rapidly declined from, you know, an A. I think I was a, an A average student down to C minus or yeah, yeah. D plus C minus. Um, and that summer, you know, which was a true reflection of where I was at, you know, my maturity, I decided to go on the dole. You know, oh, just, you know, just for that, everyone, you know, everyone else who had half a brain was going and looking for work at student job search, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, "No, nah, man, this is like free money." And um, yeah, that wasn't good either because my mum said, "You know, for as long as you're living under this roof, you will not be oh, on the bench." Well, yeah, yeah, right, because my parents would never do it, mm-hmm. and so then I thought, oh, "Okay, then." So you know, picture that, you know, um, under exclusion. Looking around, I, I then decided to go work for a factory, but because I was so young, they could choose whatever they wanted to pay me. Yeah. And so they paid me $6.85. You know, oh, shucks. In a factory? Point, yeah, in a factory. And if I turned up late, which I always did, I mean, I was young. Yeah. So so then they dropped it down to $6.15, <laughs> you know, just, just to reward me for <laughs> turning up late. I was yeah. like, oh, okay. And I was on this machine. Especially factory. That's real work. <laughs> Dude, man. And I was on this machine um, because it was, the factory was called Dorlon. And, and these guys were making the jackets for the sailors, you know, for, okay. for the Whitbread around the world, yeah. yacht race. So all the yachties would buy these jackets. And, dude, the gear they were buying was expensive. Mm. 
I was like, so how in the hell do you pay me six dollars <laughs> fifteen? That's it costs car, more than I'm what I get paid in all. I'm not making the connection. And so then um what happened was uh I felt, you know, you know, um I was sitting there, I felt like and I know this sounds really dumb, but I mean I felt like I was cheating someone out of a job mm. by sitting there. I felt like I was created or designed to do something better or mm. something greater than sitting there. Because there I was sitting at this machine, um, sealing the seams to make them waterproof oh. by putting a tape over it. And then it was shooting this, um, I think it's like 140 degree, 160 degree air onto it. Right, so it's oh, hot, yeah. and my fingers are getting burnt, and I'm like six dollars fifteen, six dollars fifteen. Gotta earn my dollars, earn my dollars. You know? I'm like, oh, what are you doing? So That's then, something nice. <laughs> I was like, um, what's going on? What's going on? So in the end, I um, I left there, and then I realized um, right there and then that this doesn't work, mm. you know, and. Um, you know, I went through a, a, a turning point in my life. Um, you know, it was tough. There were, you know, there were friends of mine at the time who went through, um, well, they didn't go through. They um, suffered from depression and we couldn't see it. I couldn't see it. You know, friends of ours, we couldn't see it. And, um, you know, they unfortunately um, took their own lives. And, oh, and so that all... All of that sort of made 1990, whatever it was, a really, really yeah, tough yeah. year. Um, and so then uh, I found a place where I could actually start to, you know, think about, you know, what am I actually going to do with my life rather than sort of just, you know, kick, kick your mother down the, yeah, down the street yeah. and, you know, do something that's meaningful. Mm. And so um, – I went back and this time I decided that I wanted to influence the future um, leaders and I wanted to be a teacher. And so then I wanted to major in education. So yeah. the second time I went back and, you know, it's funny, in the first year uh, I passed more papers than I did in the first two years. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, I was like, no, no, the first half of that year, not even the full year, the first half of that year I passed more papers than I did in the first two years I was there. And I felt like that was... Uh, a sign that I had grown up, yeah. you know, I had matured. And um, and then, you know, I went through, you know, I, I, I started um, paying more attention to, you know, what it meant to be a, a, a learner. Mm. And, I mean, that's where I met you guys. You guys were then starting into school and stuff into, <laughs> at Varsity and, and you guys came on board and so... That was that was cool, um, you know, seeing the young guys come through. But I realized there and then that, um, you know, I I think that was the point where I realized I wanted to do something that was going to have an impact on, mm. you know, not just on myself or my family, but on the wider community and yeah. stuff. So, yeah. and so I remember back at us, like I mm. guess you were only maybe a couple of years ahead, mm. but I saw you already taking up that kind of leadership role in a lot of what I saw. So. Mm. And I just felt like you're going because you were always <laughs> in the leading kind of things. I was like, tell me, how long has this guy been at university? <laughs> what a professional student guy, man. I was like, like, oh, yeah. So, so I guess teaching, but then what happened at the end of teaching to, um, to get to know, Because then I remember, you know, the, the guys who didn't um, get kicked out of university and did do the teaching and got ahead of me, then came back and said, don't do it. 
Don't do oh, it, mate. Okay. Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you know that whole narrative of let's influence the future. The, future's not good. Like, the future threw something at me yeah. today. <laughs> they said they don't deserve the future. Can I change my major, please? <laughs> so, yes, but I, I still went through with it and I closed, but I realized then that I didn't want to, um, you know, that maybe, you know, it was a, you know, it was probably a, a good. Uh, decision not to pursue the the teaching, um, teaching profession because you know you have to be passionate. I I, I serve on the board of uh, my daughter's school, Epsom uh, mm. Girls Grammar, and I take my hat off to the teachers mm. because you know you have to, you know that's not a that's not a get paid job. Yeah, that's a passion vocation. Do you know what I mean? Your and so I have the utmost respect for. For teachers, not just at that school, but all all teachers who, you know, wake up every morning and they know that mm. the, the amount of impact and influence that they have on on the future generations. And so, the res- I I can't understand the responsibility these people take on, especially when teachers that have their yeah. own kids. I'm like, why do you do it? Dude, <laughs> it is crazy, yeah. you know. And I'm like, oh man, you know. But again, you know. Um, and and I self-selected to some uh, degree, and I, I realized that, you know, if I can't do it with the amount of passion and, and um, you know, just focus that it deserves, mm. then I'm not, I'm not going to do it. So, so um, I then uh, looked at, you know, my father and his, uh, you know, our, our family has always been on more the law enforcement side. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, dad was a policeman. Uh, brothers were policemen, and so my I remember when my brother was uh, fifth form, and I was still young, mm. and he had um, opened up to my dad and said, "Oh, you know, I want to be a policeman." And my dad, you know, lost it. Oh. My, my dad got really angry, and he was like, "No, oh. no one in this house is going to become a policeman," and you know. I remember sitting with my brother and I said, um, oh, they can't tell us what to do. What do whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah, this little boy B. And my my brother looks at me and goes, don't ever talk like that about our dad. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, yeah. Hard oh, dude, that's, that's brothers. <laughs> yeah. He goes, don't ever talk like that about our dad. And I said, oh, I was just trying to support you, buddy. Why are you trying, why are you trying to turn on me like this, man? And so... Um, all, all, sorry, all brothers? Mm? You got no sisters? One sister. One sister. Yeah, one sister. She is the queen. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, second eldest, far out. You know, she couldn't have picked a better position in the ranking, man. You know, and she's got an older brother that protects her, and then yeah. she's got all these other brothers that she can control. <laughs> yeah. like, what? You know? And you guys were always tight growing up? I would tight. Everything together. Yeah, yeah. tight. And, um, you know, and... I, I don't think that's necessarily about us. It, it was more about our parents mm. and our parents. You know, our parents wouldn't let us have friends. Yeah, and so that was a, you got enough here yeah, for your friends. <laughs> we did not have all these children, so you got friends with someone else. You know, and every you know what I found really strange. Every other kid was a street kid. Yeah, oh, well, <laughs> okay. it's like you don't want to hang out with those street kids. It's like oh, they're not street kids. They're just like us. No, they're street kids. <laughs> Right? They're all street kids. Oh. It's like, oh my gosh, if their parents heard you calling their kids street kids, uh, it'll be all on. You know? So, so I was oh, like, man. Nice. So anyway, uh, um, my 
I think my brother went and told dad and dad said no. Yeah. And I remember my dad saying, you know, um, you know, and JT will probably um, attest to this, mm. right? You know, John and uh, my dad just said, uh, you know, it's not a job where you can take the uniform off and mm. you're not a policeman yeah. anymore. It's once you're in, you're in. And you never, ever get out, right? Until you decide it's not. It's yeah, not you anymore. That's so true. Yeah. And he said, you know, when you're driving past and you see something wrong, mm. you can't say, oh, I'm, I'm not duty. on the clock. Yeah, yeah. You stop the car, you get out, you get involved. Yeah. Right? And he said, I don't want that for you because, you know, this is not what I had planned for you guys. And so my brother, you know, my brother went and uh, sat the police test. Um I still remember him telling us the story. He's now been in the police force for 32, going on 33 years. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, um, uh, you know, um, and a lot of the, you know, he does so much for Pacifica mm-hmm. in, in the police force. Uh, he, he started the, um, you know, the all the, you know, all the song like Mickey's and created that. that yeah, yeah. You know, so, so all the boys know him and um, he, he uh, you know, told us the story of what happened when he went to do the police test. Yeah. And he came back and, you know, everyone's in their running gear because they have to do the run, you know, 2.4K run and all the rest. And then he came back and then they were all getting back into their work gear and he was putting his school uniform on. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, that's how much he wanted to do it. Sure. He, so so he put his school uniform on. They were all looking at him like, what? Wait, this kid just ran in front of me. <laughs> I was like, oh, what is this kid doing? And so then um, my brother uh, joined the force and, um, you know. Like, like from that young age, like what, 17 or something? So, so he, he um, I think he, you had to be 18. So he went in. Um, uh, he had to wait, yeah, but he had he could do his, his test, and then he had to wait. So he went and worked in the, uh, I think in the district court while he was waiting his time yeah. for intake. Yes. And so then he eventually went down, and you know the rest is history. Um, but um, I, you know, I came out of university and I thought, what could I do now that I've chosen a profession that I don't want to do anymore? <laughs> And 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 there were so many criteria that I had to meet. I also had to make sure that it passed the, you know, the yeah. That's a respectful. Um, that's a respectable uh, um, vocation, right? Mm. From the church people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Especially know, after you went to university, yeah, it was like <laughs> something good's going to happen with that guy. And so then I decided I was going to join the police force. Right? Yeah. And so. Um, I went through all the train. Uh, I went through all the tests and stuff, and and I was getting ready for the. Um, I remember it was February, uh, and I was waiting for the intake in September, but then July that year I got offered a, um, a management role with Telecom, oh, you know, Telecom yeah, New yeah. Zealand, and I was working in their prepaid division. So then I um, uh, started. You know, I started off managing. Um, I had a team of eleven. But it was, you know, these were all call center operators. Yeah, yeah. Dude, you know, it was like um, I was managing these people who had been doing the, the job for like 35 years. Oh, what? okay, yeah, yeah. Just and so, so I'm I'm sitting there, I was like, oh, okay, look, I, 
I listened in on 10 of your calls and I wanted to give you some feedback on how you could improve. (laughs) Excuse me? (laughs) But they were so lovely. They were so gracious, you know, and they were like, oh, look, I understand this. You have to do this. This is your job. (laughs) And I was like, oh, thanks for that. You know, but I I felt like it was a test, but it it couldn't have been, you know, well, I shouldn't say that. I I was going to say it couldn't be, couldn't have been anyone but I felt like growing up the way that I was raised or growing up the way we were raised, mm-hmm. right, you know, and dealing with, um, you know, elders and, and, yeah, and people yeah. who are older than us, you know, you don't come in with a, you know, hey, listen to this. Yeah, it's not yeah. good. You know, it was always sort of like, hey, you know, um, I want to help. Yeah. I, I don't think I have any anywhere near the experience that you have. Mm. And I don't think I ever will for years to come. But I just want to figure out a way to to, to assist or, or or to help. And and when you talk like that, and when you, you know, not a hundred percent of the time, but ninety nine percent of the time, you get people who are actually understanding mm. and appreciative of the fact that you're not trying to, you know, power trip or anything like that. It's interesting because they, I think, a lot of you know. I guess coaching and stuff that you see in these LinkedIn learning and they, mm-hmm. they try and teach this. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's similar to the cop thing, you know, that's part mm-hmm. of our culture. We carry it. Yeah. You know, it's not a, we turn it on for work. Yeah. And I guess and that's turn it on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, who's that guy that just spoke to you? <laughs> Change this guy. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it was, um, it was one of those things where I, you know, um, people, you know, my, my kids are often shocked when I tell them that uh, I could have been a policeman. But, you know, uh, you know, Linda, you know, my wife, at, you know, girlfriend at the time, she was strongly opposed to it. Mm. You know, and she has said, you know, um, because she'd seen others who had joined the force and saw what they, yeah. you know, how they responded to the pressure. And... You know, and even my father told me the same thing. He said, you know, you're not that kind of person. Mm. And so um, I remember when I was offered the role by uh, by our GM and said, you know, I know that you're waiting and in a couple of months you'll get a chance to go and do what you've always dreamed of doing. But I you know, I was amazing. This lady was amazing. She goes to me, but I, I have a sneaky suspicion that this isn't your dream job. You know, I think it's your dad's job. Mm. I think it's your brother's job. I don't think it's yours. Wow. Yeah, it's so insightful. It was it? But I guess is that insightful now? Because you seem mm. like the person who, once you want something, you're going for it. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> well, matter what someone says well, to you. Yeah, you know, I said, look, I really appreciate the offer, and let, uh, just give me some time to go and have a uh, chat with my father. And uh, you know, I spoke to dad, and dad was like straight up and down. He said, "It's not for you." Mm-hmm. He said, "You know, you've got this." great opportunity because for me it was about being able to get some money as well right yeah. um you know not while you're in college but when you come out of college and then you get on to you know you know that that um that the constable's salary yeah, yeah. No. that was respectable mm-hmm. right but on the other hand i was being offered this job which was the same money immediately I didn't have to graduate from police college and so then dad was like there's no reason there's no reason as to why you'd want to do this job and then I spoke to my brother and my brother was like have you spoken to dad 
said, because I spoke to my brother before and because I, I was really excited, I called uh, yeah. him up and I said, hey, um, I got offered this, but I told them that I don't think I'll take it because, you know, intake's coming, September. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, have you spoken to dad? And I said, no. He goes, you need to talk to dad. And I said, no. He goes, yeah, you need to talk to dad. I was like, uh. so then I thought, oh, yeah, okay, okay. So I called dad and then dad told me, right? And I, You're right, bro. You're right, because I was really quite upset. I was, um, I felt like they were trying to sabotage my, you know, something that you really thought was your dream. Like, yeah, no, this yeah, is absolutely. my thing. Like, but it, but in hindsight, it was just fear. Mm-hmm. You know, fear of, um, fear of of uh, people's perception that I had failed. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, how long at university, yeah. and then comes out and, you know, and he goes and. You know, does whatever you know the, the way some people are, and and I was afraid of that. Yeah, and just looking like oh, this guy flip flopping everywhere. Yeah, no, and and so I thought, but people respect police officers, mm-hmm. um, and so I thought, well, Dad's done it, brother's done it, so why shouldn't I do it as well? Um, but I look back now, and I was like, man, that would have been one. Massive mistake, yeah, you know. What I mean? Such a loss to where you are now, and I guess the yeah. work you're doing. Yeah. So, so you know, and um, I'm grateful to my father, and I'm grateful to my brother because, you know, the, those. It, it's funny, you know, life repeats itself. Um, you know, uh, I think I might might be misusing this term, but you know, the term of midrash mm. in in Jewish terms, where it sort of comes around again and repeats. And it's funny that my father and my brother would be exactly the same people that would have a similar conversation with me. Um, you know, literally, you know, fifteen, twenty years later, you know, about you know, my brother would say, "Did you speak to dad?" <laughs> I was yeah. like, "About what?" It was like, um, and it was all about getting my um, oh. my cacao done. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, again, another one of those logistical missions where we had to fly in and coordinate with the with the kufunga flying in from Sydney. Our solo was flying in from Melbourne. And we were flying in from Manila sure. to get um, my cacao and um, uh, Linda's malu done. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And so we land, we landed on Tuesday, expecting to start on Thursday, but they were stuck on a job in Sydney, and so that delayed everything. And then it was like going, oh my god! So the timing game is tough, dude. It was like going, oh man, you know. And then I started uh, funny. I said, I don't think any Filipinos would would question as to why only one leg was there. <laughs> It's our culture. Yeah, it's just our culture, you know. Just to have one leg, you know, fully tattooed, and looking really swollen. It was like, uh, but um, you know, uh, um, you know, I, we we went through it, and you know, I remember my, um, I remember my father, you know, sitting down with me and and you know, just talking to me about what it meant, mm. you know, and explaining to me the reality of. Of uh, being a, a song like Miki, mm. you know, because there were so many misconceptions out there that were talking about, you know, we're warriors and all this. Mm-hmm. And dad was saying, well, you know, this is like he asked me the question, who do your yeah, I mean, eyes belong yeah. to? <laughs> I was like, uh, 
you, uh, Jesus, uh, Samoa, um, you know, it's like, far out, you know, start off here. Poco, you'll come along, you know, it's like, um, can you kick him out? <laughs> Give me multi-choice or something, man. I was like, uh, B, uh, it's all C's this year. If you select C, you'll pass. Far out, that sounds like my social anthropology um, exam. <laughs> but um, what happened was, uh, you know, and then Dad explained to me that it was, you know, your your markings belong, your cacao, your tattoo belongs to your community, mm. you know. No one ever says that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No one ever says that. Everyone says, oh, it's for this, it's a... But Dad sort of hit it on nail, uh, hit the nail on the head, and he said, "No, it belongs to the people that you're around." And yeah, when I read that, I was amazed because that was the first time I've ever heard it. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes the most sense of anything I've ever heard. Oh, it's a This is the only thing that actually makes sense. And so he he tra- he translated, you know, the kamu murongu kwa right? You know, um, tattoo your mouth first. And and what he meant was, you know, it's it's uh, it's not about the way you speak. It's the about the way you walk. Mm-hmm. It's the, about the way you serve. It's about you know, learn that first. Yeah. Learn to put other people before you. Learn to not um, speak over people. Learn to serve quietly. Mm-hmm. You know, learn to when people come to your house, you don't ask whether they want a cup of tea. The jug's already boiling, because it's and whether they drink it or not, that's not your job. Yeah, your job is just to make it happen, and you know it's, it was all of that. And he said, "Do that first, then you get your tattoo." Yeah, but you know people will then go away and say, "Oh, you, no, you need to learn how to, you know, you need to learn all the falupengas of fasalele anga right through to Polo, right through to Mungongo, and then come back and then go to." I was like. And he said, no. Hmm. He said, what use will that be to the Filipinos that you, the way you living, live? Yeah. You know, you go and you tell them your falpengo for falakai, the village that you went and got a title from, even though I was telling you to go get a title from, from not far out, was still better. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, it, 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 it doesn't matter to them. Hmm. What will matter is when they're in trouble, are you going to yeah. stand up yeah. and help yeah. them out? Or are you just going to? wait for someone else and talk about how those markings mean you're a warrior. <laughs> you know, and I just thought, man. And so I, I make it a, a point to share with other guys who are considering the journey, mm-hmm. right, to never be afraid. Never be afraid of the fact that you may feel like you can't speak the words, um, you know, that, that, you know, you look across and you see, like, I for English, Tanoai. Yeah, Man, yeah. the amazing work that him mm, and his yeah. wife and his family are doing, yeah. outstanding. Well, yeah, I, I'm, and that's the thing. Like we should, we haven't even spoken to that guy, but I mean, just, just that heart of giving back and man, making it make sense. It's like this is what we need. This is real education. Like, this, you know, I think in English, this, that's why this makes sense. Yeah, and and you know, um, my wife, you know, Linda did. Uh, I think Vasengamumu and Vasengalua, right? Oh, wow, okay. Of, and, you know, and she wanted to do it, you know, not so that she could, uh, you know, be eloquent and in, in, in because she's um, her mum's Samoan, mm. but she wanted to understand because she's an artist. So she wanted to understand the deeper meaning of, she just didn't want to paint a boa and say, mm. oh, you know, this is a traditional flower or a, or a you know, or a kewila or anything yeah. like that. She wanted to understand, you know, 
how do we exist with each other? Mm. How does our culture wrap around us? And what does the culture do to help us to differentiate about our identity as people from the Pacifica versus people that uh, have become our neighbors in this new environment, right? And, And so I really appreciated her you know, doing that because then she would come and she'd talk to me about the stuff that she'd learned. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, yeah. And, and she even raised, you know, um, then, then also raised with her, you know, when people come to your house, you know, he said the same thing. When people come to your house, you don't ask. Mm. You just do. Yeah. You know, you get the the, the masi and you put the paka and the jam on it, you know. You find something in the cupboard. <laughs> and you get it out there, man. And I was like, oh, man. You know, and, and so I really, really love and appreciate it. So, but, you know, my dad was very clear on that. Mm-hmm. He said, our culture isn't the words. Our culture is our actions. Yeah. And what we do, that's what defines, you know, um, you know the, the whole phrase of wingato safia. You know, it doesn't matter who you are. It mm. doesn't matter how far you've gone, how high you've gone, you know, when you when you come in, let people see that, you know, the lowly of heart and and the yeah. fact that and it's not false humility or anything like That's that. The thing, yeah, yeah. It's understanding who you are and understanding that people are important, mm. and being able to elevate people to a place where, you know, maybe they don't feel elevated or they don't feel important. Mm. My job is to help you feel important and feel, you know, like you're that that you you mean something or at least you know in our interaction. May you leave knowing that you meant something to me, mm. you know, after, after that. Do you know what I mean? So, so it was, it was, you know, I re- remember it was the last, it was the last time I caught up with my dad before he passed away, you know, and so I'm, I'm sitting there and, you know, he's got his hands on my, on the side of my, my face and he's talking to me and he's speaking life into me. What, while you were getting cut? No, 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 after, because oh, I'm, okay. I'm about four hours away from getting on a plane to fly back to Manila. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so then he's talking to me and he's like, you know, just explaining to me, you know, um, when you stand, you stand like this. When you sit, you sit like this. When you walk, you walk like this. So, so that when people see you, they'll, they, they won't have to ask who, mm. who you are. Yeah. You know, they'll know that, oh, you know, that they'll see, you know, when, when things go wrong, you know, you don't wait for people to ask. You step forward mm. because your knees are black. Yeah. Your knees are black for a reason so that when you kneel down, you're there to, to work. Mm. And I was just like, oh, man, so this has nothing to do with me. <laughs> I was like, so... I wish someone had told me this before. Oh, I had a pain and a lot of work to carry like, if I knew. Far out. <laughs> So I really can't talk about how great my tattoo is because it's got nothing to do with me. So it's really good. I feel like no one bothered to tell me this before. Had you had, I guess, leading up to make such a huge decision, had you had conversations with with about with Dad about like, oh, hey, I'm thinking of getting my Solomiki or... Yeah, we'd spoken to him and unfortunately, you know, um, well... Dad was really excited, so he had gone and looked for a kufunga. Oh, and okay, so, so he yeah. found this kufunga, but and the kufunga is really, really good. Mm. You know, I don't want to name him because because whilst he's really good, when we looked at his, what is that? Like <laughs> a lot of guys are like, yeah. oh, who got you? Mm. So I didn't get it because I haven't got one, and I've never, I haven't done that. But I always, who got you? And then it's this, this awkward wait. Yeah. Like, oh wait, if I say the name, is it gonna? <laughs> is it, so if I say the wrong name, yeah. is it gonna elevate or? <laughs> 
And so I was like going, uh. So, so um, you know, I'm really grateful to my uh, kufunga. His name's um, Kasala um, Sangele. And um, he was, you know, my dad uh, sat in the first session and sat in the last session. Uh-huh. And my dad said, you know, um, uh, you know, in some, I'm here always say, you know, which means, you know, you're blessed because your tufunga cares about you, right? Mm. And he's he's watching you and making sure that when he feels like he's reading you, uh, so okay. that when he feels like you've had a little bit, yeah, coma, you know, take oh, a break. Okay, and, see, yeah. and so I thought, wow, that's really cool, right? Um, and so, you know, I don't know how he ranks, but for me, I felt like he was the right guy for mm. us. Yeah. And, you know, I believe that all things happen for a reason, and he was the right guy that came at the right time for both Linda and I to get it done. Um, and, you know, uh, when, when we had completed it, um, you know, it was quite funny because Linda said to them, you guys have to finish tomorrow night. Oh. She was like straight up and down. She said, that guy has to be on a plane oh, in the next 36 again? hours. <laughs> and so you can't tattoo him, you know, um, tomorrow because we're flying out Saturday morning. And so she literally told these guys, you have to finish on on Thursday. Oh, shit. And so then... How like, much had you, your back, your back of your legs? Bro, right? I was like, oh, yeah, easy for you to say, man. I'm the one that said, come on, come on. <laughs> so, bro, that, that last day was 11 hours. Yeah, 11 <laughs> hours. And then we went into the Samanga. But, man, 11 hours. And I remember after, you know, all the adrenaline's gone. And then, you know, um, I had a second shower to wash all the all the um, linga off, yeah, you yeah. know, the yellow off. And and um, I literally, you know, I was about to pass out. Unfortunately, Linda was there, you know, and so she sort of um, uh, pushed me against the wall. She was like, oh, don't catch me. You know, I was like, <laughs> she just pushed me against the wall so that I, I could um, catch myself yeah, and yeah. hold myself up. But I was like, because, you know, uh, you know, blood was this at home after at home, oh, at home. So you know, you, you lose mm-hmm. a lot of blood, and um, and you'd gone through, and you know, the reality was um, you're not a very big guy, so you know, it takes a toll. Oh, I was just like, uh, <laughs> you know, I was like, you know, I was like going, uh, are we almost finished? Oh, are we finished? You know, are, are we here yet? You know, and then the um, uh, you know, for anyone who ever considers getting it. You know, I think, you know, um, part of the kaalofa was the fact that he didn't do the fa'apefu until right at the end. Oh, okay, well. Yeah, and the um, the fa'apefu is the, mm. you know, the inside yes. of the, <laughs> inside of, <laughs> your, of, 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 your, of your butt cheeks, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, that goes deep. That goes deep. And um, I, remember, I remember the solo, the mm. solo who's doing it. And um, uh, we were... You know, um, uh, the kufunga was tapping away. And um, I remember, uh, you know, like, I was just struggling to relax. Mm. And then the solo, you know, bless him. He was, he goes, uh, wait, he said, um, we don't need any Arnold here. <laughs> All we need is Beyonce. <laughs> Let it jiggle. <laughs> Right. And that was the tone of the sessions. Yeah, okay. was this funny guy, yeah. you know, 
Gordon just <laughs> um, made us laugh all the time, right? Oh, but he, yeah. he helped us to, you know, I mean, because, you know, what people don't realize, you know, there are some people who go through the, the process and they're pushing the performance like, oh, let's go, let's go, let's go. Mm. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. It's just not easy. Yeah. And, you know, you know, you've got this guy who's, and he's a young guy, he's 34. Okay, well, and so he's sitting there and he's, he's going at it. And I'm like, going, man, you know, and I didn't appreciate it until the end, you know, and I was just like thinking, man, the way that this guy applies his, this art form, mm-hmm. you know, and does it respectfully, lovingly, and does it in a way where you come away and you don't feel like you've, because I mean, let's face it, it's not cheap, right? Yeah. It's, um, there's, a, there's a cost to it, both uh, physically and also financially, but um, it's worth every yeah. every dollar. You well, know? And I, I, when I do the, like, I look at it and do the math, you look at the hours these guys put in, and just that, <laughs> concentrating, for, as much as you sit and get the pain for that yeah. long, these guys are concentrating, making sure every light, like, they know that they don't, there's no rubber after that. No, no, no. And you're, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, the, the way that these guys work, um, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I did seven sessions. Six sessions were seven and a half hours. And then the last session was 11 and a half. Thank you to my wife. Um, who, you know, and, and she was right because we had heard stories about, people who, you know, hadn't listened mm. and had jumped onto a plane, one guy who jumped onto the plane, and they literally had to peel him off uh, from the seat. Oh, just sucked through? Yeah, and, and because he was sitting on the seat for so long, he stuck. Oh, So his, uh, his back hadn't healed properly, hadn't finished healing, and so it was stuck. And so then they had to... Um, yeah, they had to call in the medics and, and all the rest of it. And so she was worried that, you know, because it's not a short flight going yeah, back yeah. to... So to, well, you just had to, to keep now. getting up and... So, yeah, so I kept getting up and, um, you know, I put um, some, you know, wipes, you know, a pack of wipes in the in the overhead um, compartment because when you're on a plane, it gets really cold in there, right? Yeah. And so you need as much cold as possible. And so I'd grab the overhead compartment, grab my uh, Bepanthin, yeah. um, and then I'd go into the toilets and uh, just be like... <laughs> Yeah, feeling sorry for myself, like, <sighs> so, and then apply the the panthen and um, the antibiotic cream, and then uh, go back and sit down again, and then yeah. sort of get up again hour and a half later, go back to the toilet. And it was just, it was crazy. But you know, I look back and I, I was thinking, man, what an experience, you know? Yeah, yeah, just. And it was an experience that I never thought I'd do because I kept telling my father I'd never get it. Mm. It's not me. Yeah. You know, I just won't do it. And so, you know, Nico, Ivala, all of them, they all got it done 25 years before me. Oh, okay. So they've had it for a long time. Yeah. So I saw the photo. I thought you guys all got it together. No, no, Nico got it done when he was 16. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah. But if Nico got his way, Nico would have had it done in 14. <laughs> but dad said, you're not doing it until I go through it first. Right? Oh, yeah, and yeah. So then, you know, and, and I think my eldest brother was a bit, annoyed with him because now he's it felt like dad was being forced into it but i oh, knew, knew no. dad wanted to get it yep. for a long time because his father had it as well mm. and so then um it became a forcing function nico got it first then my eldest brother got it next and then 
Ivala um, got it, and then my other brother was flown in from Samoa undercover. Oh, oh wow, right? to get, get his Yeah, and they, because he was staying with our grandma, you know, the one that forced me to come <laughs> back. And, um, and they said, why, you know, she'd always call up, why is he, where is he? Why is he, what is he doing there? And mm. I was like, oh, no, we come because I think there's a job here for him. But no one wanted to tell her that, you know, yes, he came get to get his kakao done. And so when she found out, you know, you know, but ulongki akong and all this and the other. I was like, but um, eventually he went back. Uh, but it was good. You know, mm. it was good for them to be able to to get that stuff done. And I think, you know, if I think about who I am now and the shifts and the changes that I've gone through, I think a lot of this was a culmination of just you know already walking in that mm. in that. Um, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> already walking in that in in that direction, you yeah. know, in the way that I was already operating uh, both in a personal but also in a professional yeah. sense. And it's almost your father's word kind of just sealed everything. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm in the right place. And but it was good. So, <coughs> what did change? You never wanted to get it. It wasn't part of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, was it after you got had yourself fired? Did something spark from there, or just? I think, um, to be honest, uh, bro, it was, it was, it was a, hmm, how do I put this? It was a, I did it at the risk of wanting to do it after my father had passed away. Mm. So I was worried that, you know. Wait, 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 and then, yeah, man, I should have. Yeah, and then, or even worse, you go and get it done. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I thought, if I'm going to get it done, I might as well get it done while he's still here, so at least he can see it. Yeah. So that photo that you see of me and you know the, the five boys and 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 dad, such a special photo because yeah. it's uh, generations, mm. and it's it you know all of those boys were all done by by Suluapi, oh, wow. um, who passed away, yeah. right? Um, and so when I got done by Kasala, you know, I was trying to explain to Kasala that our family has been looking for a new kufunga for a long time. Mm. Um, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> but, um... So was that part of Dad finding a young kufunga for your boys, maybe? Yeah, well, the, the kufunga that Dad found, we didn't end up going with him. Oh. <laughs> because when we looked at ours, a little bit sensitive because... He was a relative as well. Oh, okay. <laughs> so um, I had to sort of have an upfront conversation with Dan and said, Dad, if you don't mind, um, because his kakaos were really good, but his malus weren't uh, what yeah. we were looking for. Mm. And I didn't want to have mine done by one and, and Linda's. Linda has to go somewhere yeah, go else to get on those And so then we found this guy and, um, you know, he was liked. And that's what I really liked. You know, it was very... He, um, and he got his done when he was 13. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so... And he got it old school. Got it done with kerosene. You know, the, yeah. the you know burn the kerosene oh, and the black. And the black. Yeah, and that. then you oh. turn that into the ink. Prison stars. <laughs> My nephew just told me about that. <laughs> yeah, well, well that's... Um, so, uh, he... We could trust that he had been there, done that. Yeah. And so... Um, but for me, what changed was exactly the fact that I didn't want, I didn't want to wake up one day and say, 
oh, I want to go get a cacao now. Yeah. I'm ready. And dad's not around. And so him, he was so proud, yeah. you know, like, okay, now it's complete because all the brothers have been done. Mm. And I guess hearing those words at the end, like, yeah. lucky you got up before he went, like, just having those words. But, you know, those were words that were... Um, that those were words that were only set aside for my brothers who had gone through it. Mm. I had no idea about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Because yeah, I wasn't it? part of that. And so that's why I talk about, you know, in my article, not Samoan enough. Mm. You know, people talk about, oh, I'm not Samoan enough because I don't speak Samoan. I'm like, I'm like at a totally different level, man. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not Samoan enough because my knees aren't black, you know, and... Yeah. You know, you could speak someone, you know, heck, I probably did more full of all others than, than those guys, yeah. and they have cacaos, right? <laughs> but um, I felt like I was in that journey where I wasn't someone enough because everyone would look. And I remember I shared that funny story where we're at um, Solofa's wedding and where we get up and we go That's dance. Right, yeah. And they pull up, you know, all the, so, you know, so pull cool, up, yeah. pull up, you know, it's like, pull up, and then everyone's like, yeah, pull up, yeah. Pull up to the German. They, yeah, I know. And then they pull up, pull up, and I was like, oh. Oh, 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 you're that one. You know, it's like, oh. Must be another t-shirt. It looks yeah, like, like oh, let's go look out. This guy, this guy, oh, he's, oh, you know. And, and so I, I talk about that concept of mm-hmm. the only, right, mm-hmm. you know. And I felt like the only, you know, like, because I was different yeah. or, you know, um, you know, because I didn't, you know, look the same. I didn't talk the same. Yeah. And then I'm, you know, we move into a country where, again, we're the only because we're taller than people and we, you, <laughs> yeah. do you know what I mean? And so, you know, if, there was a lot of getting comfortable with that. And, and um, you know, I think when, when all of this sort of, you know, came to a head and, and we were able to, to go through that, that process, there was a lot of, I don't know, yeah, maybe it was it was that. Um, I don't think healing is the right word because I don't think there was any healing required. I think mm. there was a lot of. I'm home. Yeah. Do you know? What just I mean? complete like. Yeah. Just... I'm home, and that's why you know in that final um, phrase in that article, you know, I talk about you know uh, I use that that term because I felt it. You mm-hmm. know, it's like by the way, welcome home. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Because there are so many people out there, you know, you know, whether it's the Pacifica diaspora or, you know, I had people reaching out to me who were Irish, uh-huh. talking to me about how, you know, their in their identity uh, that that they resonate it resonated well with them. The fact that people raise and lower the bar of acceptance depending on how they feel, mm. right? You know, and and I jokingly talk about, you know, about Dwayne Johnson. Right, Dwayne's facade was not that great. Yeah. Right, and he—I mean, he, even he will often joke about it. His mum's facade was amazing, but yeah. Dwayne's not so much. But no one says he's not so. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's yeah. quick to claim him, mm-hmm. and I think we have to be a lot fairer to, you know, our, you know, and and there's this whole um, thing around blood quantum's, right, and blood quantum's is this way in which you measure, you know, like you look at someone and you say, oh, you're fair-skinned, you know, um, how much, uh, you know, what are yeah. you? Oh, I'm this one. But you have to understand that blood quantums or those fractional 
yeah, definitions yeah. were designed for people who were trying to identify a group that they didn't understand. Mm. Whereas for us, we need to get to a place where we understand that whether you're quarter, one sixteenth, one thirty second, or no, you're someone. Yeah, it go, goes back to where you carry yourself. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Oh, so so oh yeah, my mum's someone, but my dad's Kiwi. Oh, so you're someone. Mm. He said, oh yeah. He said, well yeah, you, you're not half of this, half of that. You're not either or. Yeah. You're both, mm-hmm. right? And that's who you are. That's your identity. Yeah. As opposed to feeling like you have to, oh, half of me is this. And how does that work? <laughs> you're either a whole person or you're not. And so yeah. it's important, you know, um, or at least this is my opinion, right? Mm. It's just my opinion where I feel um, that, you know, if you're Samoan, you're Samoan. Yeah. And, you know, like like what we were discussing before, it's how you carry yourself, mm. right? I've seen some Palangis who are more Samoan than some Samoans. <laughs> yeah. Right. Definitely, yeah. and just just that alofa and the way yeah. you carry it. So it's like, you're full, but it's <laughs> you <laughs> only your pockets and you ain't helping no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, bro, you know, just reach a little bit deeper and you'll be Touch all right. Touch yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah. so, okay, so Telecom, which podcast are we on? So, so from Telecom to yeah. Microsoft, was that mm-hmm. the jump? Uh, yeah, so uh, I was in uh, telecom for two, almost three years, and then I got made redundant, <laughs> which was really good, yeah. you know, um, uh, because... Uh, it's different from a letter saying, don't come back. <laughs> yeah, well, they offered me a role, but they wanted us to move down to Palmerston North, okay. and uh, that just wasn't on the cards for me, and so I said, oh, it's cool. And, and, and the company was like, you know... Um, if you find a job before your end date, mm. we'll still pay you out though. Okay. Yeah, so so it was one of yeah. those. It was like they they just you know, and I was really grateful because. But you know, when people do that to you, mm. you just w- want to work even harder. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so then I was working. I was leading the decommissioning project mm. of Airedale Street. Oh, okay, getting yeah. everything out of there, out of there, and yeah. moving it down to North. And so then. You know, and then um, I got offered a role uh, at Datacom. Oh, so, so at Telecom, you, you're already in the technical role now? From Yeah, so I was working in the prepaid space. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, prepaid mobile was brand new. And mm. so you had to, there weren't people, oh, this section is technical, this section is, is billing. You just did it all. You did it all. <laughs> I was like, uh. and so you see all these guys going through, I don't know if you remember the Kayasera handsets, and you're like going through, I was like, oh, how do you fix this? And, you know, it's just crazy. <laughs> and so then I moved over to Datacom, and I wasn't aware, I just applied to the role Datacom and um, at the time they were looking for someone to to lead uh, the the sales organization uh, the the, oh, okay. the, uh, the tail, tally sales yeah. um, and so before that uh, before I left uh, when I was at um, Telecom I was managing the you know the one 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 oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah emergency yeah. services yeah. Uh, people talk about stress I'm like let me tell you about stress <laughs> you know when you're walking past and you hear screaming oh, wow. because it's, you know, and you're like, going. So, so, so the people in your team were taking the 111 calls? Yeah, the 111 oh, wow. calls because yeah. they're the ones that go fire ambulance police. Yeah. Right. And, and then so they, they have to wait oh. until it's connected. And then, and then. So the, they're dealing with that raw while bro, they're trying to wait for the. Bro. And then the services go, please stay on the line <laughs> and make sure that, you know, and so then, yep, I'll stay on the in line. In between with those pistols. Oh. Yeah. 
And so then they'll stay on the line as, for as long as the services and the services will go, um, okay, you're okay to go. And then you disconnect. Sure. So then you're just watching these people and you're like, oh man, you know, New Zealand owes you a lot mm-hmm. because that, that job ain't easy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And so I was happy to get out of that, you know, because not, 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 to run away from them. It was just happy to get away from that stress. Yeah, I guess just, I don't know the timing, so mm. it was probably like maybe early 2000s or something. Like, was there any yeah. thinking around, you know, like stress management or like dealing with that kind of stuff for oh. these people? Yeah. yeah, the stress management was downstairs in the basement where they go smoke. Right, honestly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that was it, you know? And then I used to see some of the ladies and that have really bad... DTs, you know, death trim, you know, wow, just hands yeah. are shaking. Uh, they can't hold cups of tea and stuff. And I'm just like, oh, man, you know, yes. we were so, so archaic in the way mm. that we were treating this and addressing this. And so um, I I moved from there and I moved over to Datacom. And um, at the time I wasn't aware, but uh, we were contracting to Microsoft. Oh, okay. And so then I moved in. I was looking after the tele sales. And then what happened was more people, more uh, managers were leaving, and so I was just absorbing more of more, more of their of their roles mm. and their teams. Uh, so your title uh, stayed the same, yeah. but just <laughs> bro, I, I wasn't absorbing their salaries. I was like, <laughs> um, any chance of getting a pay rise here, buddy? Oh, it looks like something Tobia might know about. <laughs> no, uh, just let him do it. Come here, mate. Can you look at this? I was like, oh yeah, no problem. And so um, it just carried on like that. And then I remember, um, I, you know, I remember I just was blinking at three in the morning at night at the at three in the morning at at, at the at the ceiling, and I just thought, man, this is tough. I don't know if because the stress levels were getting higher and higher and higher, and it was the first time I don't know if you remember a virus called the blaster virus or the SAS virus, where oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was forty six thousand calls. Where it broke the, the it broke the uh, the T one pipe the T one pipe for for telecommunications mm-hmm. and the rest of that that um, area in Grafton couldn't get their calls because all of those just calls were trying to get up. to us. Oh shit! Um, and it was just high stress. And so I spoke to management at the time and I said to them, "Hey, you know, I have three things I'm looking for. I want a pay rise. I want." A change in my title and I want um, succession planning mm. I want and the succession planning is for your benefit because if I go out and get hit by a bus no one knows how to c- carry on no, well, right yeah. and you know for six months everyone on one said where are we at with this where are we at with this you know and I was just testing it because I mean dude you know if there's one thing I know about Pacifica people, we're not very good at talking about money, right? <laughs> yeah. And so I was just like, oh, you know, this, that, and this, that, and this, that, blah, blah, blah. And then eventually, six months later, I spoke to my wife and I said, I can't do this. Because, mm. you know, I'm, I'm getting to that point where I wish I was a sniper <laughs> and I could actually pick people off from, you know, <laughs> of, of the management team as they drive oh, down the okay, driveway yeah, because I was just getting them. Yeah. I was just getting really, really annoyed because, you know, these people just thought that I could just absorb all of this. Mm-hmm. And so then, um, uh, long story short, I said, no, I'm not doing it. So then I quit and 
I went to um, because at the time I was so if it, you know whenever you called up to talk to Microsoft and you were angry, oh, and then it came to you guys. It came to oh, us, yeah. and then it got escalated to the senior um, the senior uh, engineers or the senior sales reps, and then it got escalated to their leads. And if they couldn't handle it, then it came to me, <laughs> and I was everything. Yeah, they want a product manager. I'm the product manager. Oh, okay. so you want the marketing manager. I'm the marketing. Yeah, I was also you know, schizophrenic. You know, <laughs> so I didn't know who I was sometimes because I was trying to be. You know, I was trying to not not be deflective, but find a way to help these people, mm. right? And so, um, I then decided I was I was done, mm. and I um, wanted to go and uh, at the same time start my MBA. Oh, I was. Thank you. Um, and then uh, Microsoft found out, and they called me up, and and I was good friends with the marketing director at the time. He said, "Hey, do you want to come and work here?" And I said, "Oh, what have you got?" And he goes, "Oh." I don't have much. And he said, oh, I've got an internship. Um, it's just a marketing internship. And he said, but if you want it, it's yours. Yeah. And I said, oh, okay, two questions. And I said, uh, do I have to manage people? Because by then I had 43 people. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I said, do I have to manage people? And he goes, no, it's an internship. Yeah. And I said, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> and I said, second question, um, is it high stress? And he goes, uh, again, it's an internship. I said, oh, awesome. So I'll do it. Yeah. So then, you know, going back to our earlier conversation about being an intern, that's mm. what I did. And so I jumped into Microsoft. I came in as an associate product manager and learned the ropes yeah. as I went through. And 10 months later, they then asked me to become a fully-fledged product manager. And so I was looking after the server and tools business. Oh, wow. But I don't know what it is. But again, the same thing happened. People were leaving. <laughs> And I was just oh, absorbing. Give it to that guy. Yeah, give it to that guy. It's like give it to that guy. It doesn't say anything in the corner. It's like going, oh, give it to the intern. He seems to know a lot and just seems to say yes. So, so it got to that point where, um, you know, and and so then I I stayed in in those roles and I was um, so I'd done that contracting to Microsoft for three years out of Datacom and then I moved to Datacom and did uh, I think five, yeah, just over five years. Uh, so the internship, you were one of the two, like already in there. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, wow. so I came in as as an intern and then moved into a uh, a full time role. Um, and you know, I was like, man, you know, uh, I was getting paid the equivalent of you know my intern um, salary yeah. and my wife's salary combined, <laughs> right? Yeah. Which was perfect because she was about to go on maternity leave. So, you know, you've got this young guy, no no dependents yet, mm. you know, um, making some money. And I was like, oh, this is really cool, yeah. right? And um, But then, you know, when you get all the work that goes with it, you're like going, uh, what? You know, and so, I, you know, that was a, a good lesson for me mm. just to understand, you know, when to create boundaries yeah. and when to say no. And also when to, to speak up and say, actually, this isn't fair. Mm. Um, and so I did that, uh, and then I was asked to look at, uh, a, you know, um, one of the guys was being moved out of New Zealand to Manila to become the new GM, uh, the new managing director. And so he asked me what I come across as well, oh. and I thought, oh, you know, I laughed. So, so Microsoft was already set up there, but it was just to take over? Oh, uh, Microsoft was a bigger office than New Zealand. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. over there. Um, I think New Zealand at the time was 130 people. Uh, the Philippines was probably about 
don't know, maybe 200. Oh, I get over. And so, and that doesn't include the Microsoft call center, which was another three and a half thousand. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Angry guy. So, um, uh, so then, you know, I went and spoke to Linda and Linda was like, oh, yeah. So, so we went yeah, through that yeah. move. And went over and it was meant to be two years, turned into three, turned into five, turned into seven. And then um, it was an interesting prospect because three years before we left, I handed in my notice. Oh, yeah. Not not physically, but I told them, three years from now I'm leaving. And they all laughed. Yeah, yeah. And then two years, oh, you know, I'm leaving in two years, so (laughs) you guys better get your plan together. And then one year left, and I said, one year, four quarters. Yeah. And then it counted down to quarters, three quarters left, two quarters. And then a month and a half before, what they didn't know is Linda had already organized for a 40-foot container to come to our house. And then we packed everything into the house. And we took a photo of the container closing. And we didn't post that photo until 48 hours before we were on a plane to leave. Oh, wow. And so when I announced that I was leaving company was like, excuse me? And I said, hey, I gave you three years. <laughs> three years, oh, wow. I told you yeah. that I was leaving. And so um, <clears throat> I had built some really strong relationships. Uh, you know, um, I was very uh, blessed that I had a strong relationship. And I, I, I believe I still do with the president of uh, Microsoft Asia, Asia Pacific. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so... I moved back and I was looking to to jump into a role in Microsoft New Zealand, but there was nothing senior enough mm. um, uh, in 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 Microsoft New Zealand available at the time because well. there was they just uh, appointed people into roles and they were in those roles for less than two years. And so I was looking, I was like, oh, mm. and so then um, you know uh, I was literally given you know an open list of all the jobs available. Mm you know, to, to look at in, in Asia. But yeah. the problem was the roles that I was really interested in required me to be on a plane three months of a year, of, of a, three weeks of a month. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. And so, you know, I had to respectfully decline because I didn't come home just so that I could leave my family here and go gallivanting okay. around yeah. Asia. As much as I love the company, I still do love the company, but I feel like that stage of my life and that chapter of my life is over, mm. you know. Um, if if you include it all, that's seventeen years. You know, that's uh, that's your your kid is born and finishes high school. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. like you're done. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I was uh, fortunate enough, and um, some ex Microsoft people uh, who I kept in, in close relation with um, found out about uh, about the fact that I was looking, and then yeah. they approached me to do the country manager role here in New Zealand oh, well, for, for right. Yeah. And so then um, I jumped at that and I thought, oh, okay, cool. So I went and did that um, and that was good. And then a year later they asked me to do the Australasia role, so both Australia and New Zealand. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, it's um, – that's what I was saying, you know, I think I'll do this role for another two years and then I'll – figure out what to do after that. <laughs> you know, I was like, you know, um, and it's important. It's important to control you, you know, uh, and, and it's not, don't do it in an arrogant way, mm. right? You know, don't say, oh, you know, you need me. 
No one is indispensable. Yeah. No one is irreplaceable. We're all replaceable. You know, people will miss you. Some people create bigger dents than others, mm. bigger craters than others, that when you leave, you know, people sort of see the massive gap that you leave. <laughs> yeah. And some people leave a very, you know, some people are barely even noticed when they're gone, mm. right? And so I'm very, I'm very aware and very um, clear on that, that I'm not irreplaceable. Yeah. And, um, but I also know that, you know, uh, like I said before, I, I've got something that, you know, I feel like there's a lot to do, mm. you know, um, and hence the reason why I got involved with Pacifica in IT. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I, I launched, um, uh, I think, a tech startup in, um, during lockdown. Oh, oh, oh what? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what did you, yeah. So, um, uh, it, it's, you know, um, based on augmented reality <coughs> around AR. Um, and what we're looking at is it's going to be, it's still in, um, we're just going through the details at the moment oh, wow. in, turn, uh, in terms of, in fact, I, uh, really early this morning, I had a call with um, one of the. There's four of us. One guy who's based out of Seattle, mm. um, uh, who works for AWS, but used to work for Microsoft. Oh. Uh, one guy who's based in Manila, who used to work for eight, eight, um, uh, who now works for Microsoft, but used to work for AWS. Oh, and then um, uh, the other guy who's based in Tauranga, um, he is, uh, you know, he's had a lot to do with the tech industry here, um, mm. ex-Callahan Innovations. Oh, wow. Um, and then there's little old me, right? <laughs> and so, um, you know, I pitched the idea to the three of them and they were like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. And so, um, you know, hopefully we'll be able to come out with something in Feb, March. Oh. But it's a, it's a global project, which is really exciting. Um, I think it'll do a lot for indigenous people, but I think it'll it'll be one of those things that um, it'll you know yeah you know, I'm not I'm not trying to talk it up, but I believe it will be a game changer mm. in, in terms of what we're trying to um, you know in in terms of what we do over the next few centuries and exciting yeah, yeah so it's really cool <laughs> yeah. you know uh, i love the guys i work with they're amazing people um the funny thing was it was an idea that came out of my 10 year old you know and oh. then we started fleshing it, it out. actually came the idea came during lockdown yeah wow. and um he had sat down and he had built it out of <laughs> unity so so uh he had coded it out oh, of unity and they yeah. were um, you know, we were just talking through the concept, and I said to him, "So you stole your son's idea? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely." I was like, "Going, can I steal your idea?" And he goes, "Well, oh, sorry, I've already signed the paper. It's already so- stolen." So, is this, is this, uh, yeah. so, so sorry, your kids? How old are they? Uh, so, uh, fifteen. Uh, we have three girls: so girl, boy, girl, girl. So, fifteen girl, eleven boy, ten girl, five girl. Yeah. Wow. So, oh, so it's your your daughter, the ten year old? Yeah, it's, oh, it was actually my son at the time. Uh, at the time, and yeah. and so he came and he met uh, with uh, uh, Brett, who's ex Callahan Innovation. So, and him and I were there, and he was talking about the whole idea and how he built it, and yeah. and um, 
you know, and then, you know, he, uh, Brett asked him, Who, where'd you get the idea from? He goes, oh, from Dad. So, in effect, I didn't steal the idea from him. <laughs> you know, it was Inception. You know, I gave it to you. You create it. I'm taking the idea back. You know, it was like... No, so, but, at the time when you were... So, so yeah. was it then at 10 or, or earlier that you realized he was smarter than you? Um, <laughs> probably about four. Four. <laughs> Probably both, because that's the average. When it was like uh, about four. Well, uh, bro, I was watching this video of him, and he's, um, I think he's eight, um, and he's talking through the design thinking from from Stanford. What? Yeah, and he's going through all the stages, and you know, he's got this really cute lisp, and he's talking about, and he's going, you know, you go empathy, and then you ideate, and then I was like going, and so you know, I play it back to him, and he just giggles because it's so funny but it's you know and and it speaks to the fact that you know we should never underestimate the capability of our children Mm. you know what i mean i feel like our kids are really really they're a lot more talented than what we give them credit for yeah and you know obviously within the boundaries of safety and and you know um, encouraging them as opposed to pushing them, mm. but encouraging them just to explore. You know, my kids were one of the uh, less than 1% of people around the world that got to touch and play with HoloLens yeah. before it was released. Now, HoloLens is that mixed reality yeah, yeah. visor, right? And so they were looking at a at the Airbus 350 inside our lounge, over, over there, yeah, yeah. Oh, and they're wow. walking through the cabin, you know. <laughs> yeah, and we we're watching what they could see, you know. And uh, the guys, um, you know, the guy who's now, you know, um, based in Seattle, mm. um, because he had the preview of Hololens, he then allowed my kids to go through. It. And so oh, wow. my daughter got to bring the sun into our lounge and stretch it out, <laughs> and then be able to spin the sun. You know, all yeah. through mixed reality, right? Yeah. And then I sat them down. And I said to them, "Why do you think I showed you? Why do you think I showed you guys that?" And they said, "Oh, because it's cool." And I said, yeah. "Apart from that, I was like, far out. Talk about surface." <laughs> and I was like, and then said, "Oh, because it's important." And I said, "Yeah, it is important." Mm-hmm. And I said, "Because I don't ever want you to think, what if you could bring the sun into your lounge and learn." Mm. What if you could point to what a solar flare is and a pop-up label comes up, solar flare? Yeah. What if you could hear 3D sound and if you turn around, the sun's still there, but it's still crackling, mm. right? Um, and I said, I don't want you to think that that's imaginary or that's science fiction. That's now fact. Mm. So you have to figure out how do you build on that yeah. because the platform's already designed, the platform's already created. And so now you have to think, how do I push the boundaries of that beyond that? So it was funny. They went away and they talked to their friends at school and all that. And all their friends were like, oh, you're lying. It's not possible. You know, I was like, and it's like, you know, Dad, we had told them that we had the sun and then we had the Airbus 350 and all this. And we had an engine and the engine had 3D sound and they wouldn't believe us. Yeah. I said, it's okay. And I guess probably at the time, you know, it's not like YouTube videos where you can watch other no. people doing this. So it's like, yeah. that ain't real. <laughs> and so then um, my daughter, my eldest daughter, um, she got me to come in and demo. So I, I brought it in. Wow. And the the kids in her class were like, what? You know? Cause I don't know. Bill Gates was black. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, you know, it, um, so my my... Uh, children have been very um, 
uh, I believe, uh, blessed in, in that they've had an experience that very few children mm, had. Just exposure, right? Just... Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and we were very careful to make sure that they were grounded, you know, because you're talking about kids who wake up and, you know, someone's already there to cook their food. Mm. Um, you know, someone's there to make their bed. You know, someone's, you know, and then there's a guy who's waiting outside in the car to drive them to school, you know, and it was just that kind of life. Mm. But we made sure that they understood that that's not normal. Yeah. You know, that's normal in that country. Mm. It's not normal for us. That's not the way we live. Right. And, and be respectful of people, you know, and just because, you know, you know, you've got, you know the maid nanny culture. oh so you, you yeah, live in maids over there yeah, and that's just normal and they had to learn you know that you know they we treat them you know not, they're part of us Mm-mm. right and so and so it was it was really great to um you know i remember i was leaving microsoft and they said what was your greatest achievement you know people like to talk about um you know i you know uh you know what about the awards you got yeah you yeah, know something delivered um and I said to them, no, my greatest achievement was when my kids formed their own foundation and they fundraised enough money to build a family a house. Oh, what? Yeah, to build a family a house who had been displaced in a typhoon. And this was this house was better than any house they'd ever had before because before it was sort of tin on posts and... You know, surrounded. So naturally, a typhoon comes and just wipes it all. So um, we're working with this foundation that we're building houses that were concrete block mm. and would actually allow them to have a bathroom inside the house, which wasn't normal there, yeah. right? Heck, it's not even normal in Samoa. <laughs> but, you know, and, and then they could have an, a place where they could eat inside the house and mm. sleep inside the house, but it was all concrete block. Yeah. Um, but they need people to, you know, to sponsor a house. Mm. And so the kids then decided they went and sold all their toys, you know, and they went, and then, you know, um, you know, it was, it was amazing because then the, the mayor of, of the city, um, you know, one of the guys who works with the mayor came down and he videoed our kids. Oh, doing the... The night before we fly out permanently. Oh wow! So yeah. it was like it was like the cherry on top. This was the way it was going to end. Oh. Was by our kids thanking, you know, and 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 you know, uh, being able to talk to the family who would then get the keys to their oh, new house cool. the next day, right? Yeah. And you know, we'd been talking our kids through it because they wanted to go up and see the house, and said, you know, you may never see the house in your entire lifetime. Mm-hmm. You may never meet the family. All you need to know is that you did something good. Yeah, that's all you need to know. <sighs> And so then when this video opportunity came up, they were like, wow, we get to talk to them. They may, yeah. We may never see them, but they'll see us. Yeah, yeah. And so then our, our, our daughter, who was 12 at the time, you know, and we, um, the, the guy was saying, hey, you guys can come. And said, no, no, we had nothing to do with this. That's them. Yeah. And he was like, oh, okay. So then 12-year-old um, uh, Te Wheeler gets up in front of him. And, you know, she's surrounded by her, her uh, little brother and sisters. And she goes, you know, the first thing that comes out of her mouth is, thank you for the privilege to be a part of your family, uh-huh. you know. Yeah. And we felt like the world was in a safe place, you know, mm. because we knew that there's a generation that's coming yeah, through that, cares. that doesn't give a toss about, you know, all of the money and all mm. the materialism. 
what they care about is that, you know, if I've got something and you don't, yeah. we can share. We can figure this out, mm. right? And so that was the greatest achievement for me. You yeah. know, I, I, I was blessed when I was at Microsoft. You know, I got to, um, you know, I was rated in the top of our top ranking employees, you know, because what Microsoft does this wonderful thing where it ranks the top employees from each office, oh, okay. you know, and if you get it in during your career at Microsoft once, it's mm. great. Yeah. Uh, and I got it twice, uh-huh. you know, so it was statistically becoming, you know, um, and you know, and and even more so because I don't think I'm that smart, you know. What I mean? <laughs> yeah. So it was like, wow, fluke that one, <laughs> high five, you know. And so, um, and then uh, you know, the the you know the the company as I was leaving had nominated me for a third time around, but yeah. we had left. Oh wow! Yeah, and so. You know, I'll always be grateful. And, you know, I could have, all of those things were important mm. because I don't ever want to look at it and say, well, you know, it wasn't much. It, it, it meant a lot because there were a lot of deserving people yeah, yeah. in the company that could have got it. And I was so privileged and so honored, but also humbled to be the person that they had selected. Yeah. But of all the, the those things, what was important was that my kids understood that yeah, this is what life is about. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, that's amazing. Yeah. I, I guess with your kids, like yeah. that journey and, and their learning around, like I guess IT. So <laughs> I want to talk about Pussy, but I guess just in the home, like, mm. what are their aspirations? Is is it like I guess do they talk about where they want to be in tech or anything? Are they there yet, or is it very still early for those conversations? Um. We start those conversations in our family really, really early. Yeah. But one of the things that we're very clear on is that you won't get a choice of whether you're in tech or not. Mm. Tech will be, you know, it, it's it's an assumed, yeah. right, um, uh, reality. And I think I, I speak often about the fact that, you know, today we have multiple industries with subsets of, of technology in there, mm. you know, um, but in you know in the very near future, it's already happened where technology will be the one industry, mm-hmm. and there will be subdivisions under technology, yeah. because technology is the only way that you can advance your industry or advance your company. Right? Mm-hmm. There is no way you. We tried the BPO outsourcing. Yeah. We tried to outsource all the call centers and stuff, but we're still paying for people. Yeah. Right. And people fall into annual leave, sick leave, you know, board leave, you know, and all the rest of it. Whereas you train an algorithm and the algorithm won't won't stop. Yeah. Good or bad, it'll still run, mm. right? And so when you look at tech, tech is the only um, uh, enabler that at the very least will yeah. break even, at the very least. But more likely, it'll actually create an advancement yeah. in, in your company. And, and so when you get competing organizations within a particular industry, whatever development they're developing will not only advance them, but eventually it'll, it'll bleed into other competitors yeah. and advance the industry. And so therefore, you've got that technology um, uh, layer that's going to supersede every industry, right? Yeah. Manufacturing, professional services, automotive, whatever it is, mm. all of them. I mean, you know, uh, look at shoe manufacturing, right? Mm. You know, and the Ansbach um, Speed Factory and how they moved away from, um, you know, this whole cut, you know, um, the whole uh, 
concept, design, prototype, mm. um, you know, cutting floor, you know, manufacturing, distribution, retailing, you know, marketing and getting it out. That, that whole process is 18 months mm. at least before the shoes actually reach you yeah. and you're wearing them, right? Ansbach Speed Factory <clears throat> gets that down to one week. You you now you've just displaced three thousand people out of Vietnam, you know nine thousand yeah. people out of Indonesia, and and so this is this is what I mean by technology is not going to it's not going to take any prisoners. Mm. But I think one of the things that people need to understand is that especially when you're looking at all, um, uh, uh, artificial intelligence, you know the, the the people who are making a mistake are the the people who are looking at AI as a replacement for humans. Mm. It's wrong. Yeah, uh, the power of AI comes when it's enhancing human capability, you know, and getting that that um, synchronization between human capability and AI. Because humans have that ability to 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 um, you know empathize. Mm, mm. Uh, there, there's an argument around creativity as well, which is important. But what humans can't do is pour through, you know. Um, copious amounts of data and build out insights Mm. and intelligence accelerators and all the rest of it. And so you need both to come together in in a harmonious way so that each are playing to their own strengths. Mm. And I think when you look at AI and you look at at what people are trying to achieve, I think then and only then will you really start to see some some, uh, major gains in, in, in some of these industries. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's the important part that people need to, you know. And so I guess speaking about our people, about Mm -hmm. Pacifica, you know, there's a fear that, that, you know, and it, you know, people think it's a new thing. Oh, robots are going to take (laughs) over. In 19, I think the 1950s, Mm -hmm. they were saying the same thing. Yeah. That robots are going to. But they have all the jobs. The robots were different. The robots were the assembly line factories. You know, that's that was the robot then. Yeah. Today, the robot has been, uh, what's the word, Anthrop- anthropomorphized, right? Pomorphized, yeah, anthropomorphization, where you um, uh, humanize, mm. you know, our robotics, right? And so today, you know, AI um, and robotics are sort of almost synonymous. Yeah. And so that's the robot that we're afraid of now. Yeah. But... What's important is, you know, we'll get to a place where we'll be freed up from the tedious, you know, menial tasks and we get to focus on the stuff that really matters. Mm. I think once we get to that point, it's going to be yeah. good. You know, but make no mistake, I think we were talking before you know, around sunset uh, industries. industries yeah. There are, you know, those are reality. And that's something you, and that was probably the first time um, mm. I'd really, you know, looked into it. And, mm. and I've sp- spoken about it on this podcast before. And, and so a lot of my research is stolen from what you'd researched. So if any of it's wrong, it's all your fault. <laughs> always. always. <laughs> I was like, yeah, absolutely. But, but I, I, I guess the Bussy the initiative and, mm-hmm. and your 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 drive to make that happen, I think that was the first time when you approached me and mm. So can you speak to a bit of, like, just your heart, you know, mm. just coming back and, like, where are our people? I guess that's what you said. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I went away um, and, you know, there were snapshots. I'd come back and I'd see, you know, I'd go into the office and people say, who's that? You know, who's that sitting? You know, and, 
And during that whole period, we were away, and I'd come back, and I, I'd sort of try and be as inconspicuous as possible. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to sort of. Um, but what I also noticed is that, you know, I thought there would be a lot more tall viewers, yeah, you know, or girl tall viewers as well, but there were very few. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I feel like the industry has grown, but we haven't grown at the same rate. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And. Um, and that was a concern for me because, again, talking about sunset industries or you're talking about residual home, um, residual income in the home or, you know, household income mm. and the amount of money that, that, you know, Pacifica families were taking home. Reality is they, they were maxing out because there's only so many overtime hours that you can do, yep. right? Yep. And so then the only way that you could do it is by finding more finding higher pay role, higher paid roles. Mm. But it's not about chasing the money because once you start chasing the money, then you're hitting down a whole nother rabbit hole, right? Yeah. It was about finding meaningful jobs, meaningful roles that you could get involved in. Mm. And I think that's where, you know, I started thinking about, you know, how could I bring people into the world that I live in so that, and that we live in mm. so that they could understand and see, actually, this isn't as hard as what I thought right. it would be. Yeah. Right. And, you know, the common I I remember reading somewhere that, um, uh, you know, the information that's contained on a single daily newspaper uh, today is the equivalent to the amount of information that someone would learn in their entire lifetime in the, you know, in the early 1900s. Right. So so you take that same calculation Mm. And you put it on our kids, yeah. right? And imagine how much information they're working through, yeah. sifting through. You know how much data is being passed by these kids. Mm. You know who are naturally connected because we came into the digital yeah, exactly, realm, yeah. right? We came and there was no digital, and then we connected into it. These kids don't know how to be disconnected. Yeah. Because they grew up and the internet was already there. Born, born into the matrix. <laughs> Absolutely. And the Wi-Fi router is like, what happened? You know, and they just go crazy. Um, and, you know, so for us, we had these conversations early in the house. Um, and, you know, I used to speak at a lot of schools in Manila and I'd talk about, you know, the difference between creation and consumption, mm. you know, um, and oftentimes after I'd speak and I'd talk about safety, cyber security and, and cyber bullying and how to ensure that your kids aren't getting caught up in that. Mm. And parents would come up to me and they'd talk to me mm. and they'd say, oh, you know, you know, they'd ask me, how did you get into the role that you're in, you know, so that they can direct their kids? And they said, oh, because my kid, he's, he's really, really into technology, yeah. right? And I'd say, oh, okay, so... Talk me through that. What do you mean by his yeah, really into yeah. Oh, you know, when he turns on his iPad and he's playing, he's just always on it. And I said, oh, okay. So you know, I said, I, what I would encourage you to do is talk to your boy about um, how do you create something? Mm. How do you use that tool? And, and because in our house, you get 30 minutes a day to consume. Yeah. You want to play a game? Start your 30 minutes, man, <laughs> you know, and, you know, we have timers, like the iPad is a 15 minute block and there are only three people we entrusted the code to our daughter now, our oh, eldest. Right. So myself, my wife and my daughter, we know the, 
the the passcode, but they only get 30 minutes. Mm. So they get the first 15, then they come back and they get the passcode and they go to the next 15. You know, obviously we expand that and we extend it, but um, we're very clear on the fact that if you're consuming, you get your 30 minutes, you know, get that out of your system. But if you want to create, have at it. Oh, okay. No problem. Go for your life. Just yeah. Yeah. You know, my son created a um, a PowerPoint presentation when he was seven. Yeah. Created his first chatbot when he was eight. Oh, wow. Right? And so, you know, because they're allowed to sit there, provided mm. that it doesn't get in the way of your sports commitments, doesn't get in the way with the family commitments, doesn't get in the way with your school commitments. Yeah. As long as it doesn't, you know, encroach on that, you're good to go, yeah. right? And so... You know, our kids jump on that, you know, and um, like, for example, my daughter, you know, uh, I was I, I showed her a video of um, uh, of something I'd created, you know, and, and she laughed and yeah. she goes, oh, I remember when we did my migration video, dad, you know, when when she was, I think she was nine, yeah. nine or, you know, going on 10 at the time. You know, and she knows things about my kids know things about PowerPoint that people don't know, yeah. right? Because you know, they create mm-hmm. and they they don't. You know, yes, they consume. You know, they they kids, and so, um, you know, they naturally want to play games. They naturally want to gravitate towards that. But I strongly recommend to parents that as long as your kids are young, mm. you know, fight the urge yeah. to let the iPad parent them. You know, fight the urge to yeah. put them in front of a screen and let them sort of vegetate there. It's like um, get them to to jump on Unity, jump on Scratch, you know, um, and and just you know allow the the make sure that the cars still have rockets, <laughs> rocket boosters. The you know the horses still have wings mm. because they're in that creative realm where they haven't been conditioned to gravity, yet, you know, uh, like us, right? <laughs> We have to sort of tap into a different part of our brain to be, you know, to 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 sort of expound on on that creativity. Mm-hmm. Whereas for kids right here, right now, they're still in that place, yeah, yeah. right? And so, you know, that's what we want, mm-hmm. you know. And so, Bussy is that. Yeah. Bussy is don't get conditioned to Sunset Industries. Yeah. Just because Dad went and worked there, I'll bet you a hundred bucks that Dad doesn't want you to follow. Yeah. You know, I bet you, you know, I bet you that if I spoke to your family mm. and I asked them, do you want your son to come and work with you in the freezing works, you know, um, and build their family the same way that you built it, where you worked, you know, hard, you know, mm. um, blood, sweat, and tears to get your deposit so you could buy a house, and you know, or shall we go and find them something else to, yeah. something that will elevate them, but. Every parent, every mm. parent, without fail, will tell them, tell you, give them something better, right? Yeah. And that's that's where Bussy comes from because mm. I, you know, and then getting people like yourself, you know, who, you know, have pretty much gone through the same journey, right? Mm. And we see something better for our kids as well, yeah. and then getting people like you to sit down with kids and mentor them and help them see something different, you know, pull them out of the reality of where they live into a place where you can say, you belong here. Yeah. 
right? Don't be afraid, you know. And I think that's the cool part, you know. And people say, you know, I remember I sat down with someone and they heard me talking to someone else about it and they said, wow, that's a really hard job, you know. That's really, yeah, yeah, it's going to be a little bit uphill, you know, like that. And I just said, yeah, but, you know, that's why my knees are black. Yeah. Do you know, yeah. this is this is what I do, man, mm-hmm. you know, and... Um, if I, you know, if if not now, when, and if not you, who, right? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, uh, I like it. Just one of the, I guess that's the thing, like that, mm-hmm. what I try and share on here is just those mm-hmm. pathways or how people get here. But there was something interesting you wrote, and I don't know how mm-hmm. we make it happen around mm-hmm. apprenticeships. Yeah. And like, I mean, how does that become a thing? Because <laughs> that's such um, a, you know, because mm. you know, when you're talking about specialists, you know, solar panels, you know, and mm-hmm. everyone had to go learn. Yeah. And then, then even air conditioning, you see all these guys who are technicians, but yeah. all they did is just watch the other guy do it, and now they, yep. they're the specialists. Yep, absolutely. Um, there's a major gap, mm. you know, and, uh, you know, like I said um, before off air, uh Internships don't work, you know, mm. they don't work. That one year, tick a box and bring them in. You know, I remember talking to someone, they said, but isn't the internship to give you the experience of what it's like to work in the industry? I said, yeah, but what is the real experience? Mm. You know, check in with the person, right? And I talk about a story where I was talking about the the intern and I saw you know, I saw this program come out, you know, where people were talking about, oh, you know, we're going to do this internship. And, I, you know, and there was all this, you know, bravado where we, we challenge your company to take on an intern for from Pacifica and Māori, mm-hmm. you know. And I was like, these guys have no idea, mm-hmm. zero idea, right? You know, because some of the, the things that they were saying was, oh, you know, get a really great job and then pay off your student loan. Right. I was like, oh, you know, and, and, you know, so I'll give it to you like this. You've got a multinational, you know, and they'll remain nameless, uh, but you've got a multinational that is sort of um, doing amazing things, mm. you know, and, you know, share prices is, you know, on a steady climb and has been uh, for a while, and they're taking on uh, interns, mm. You know, uh, and, you know, I remember sitting down with the intern. I said, how much do you get paid? The intern said, uh, no, I said, look, you know, it's okay. I'm not going to go and tell anyone or anything like that, right? But how much do you get paid? And I said, uh, 48000 mm-hmm. I said, so that's 4000 per month, you know, before tax. I said, oh, okay. And I said, so... After tax, if you're on a student loan, then you go on the, you know, as you and I know, you're on SL, right? <laughs> you're on SL for a long time. Um, uh, and then, you know, uh, what's the main one? It's M, right? Yeah. M. Uh, thank you, M. Oh, you know, it was a long time waiting for that. <laughs> oh, bro, that M was a pay rise, man. I got to tell you. Do you know, know? I think I actually tried. We'll see if you find out. <laughs> oh, your tax code's wrong. I can, you know. Oh, thank you. 
you know, I'd like to do a drawdown, please. I was like, oh, my gosh, what's your client number? I know my client number. Man, terrible. You know, um, and and so then, you know, you uh, I was talking to uh, this, you know, really lovely girl. And, uh, um, you know, and I'm talking to her on the phone and I'm like, oh, okay, so... Um, can I ask you a question? And she goes, yeah, yeah, sure. And I said, who do you live at home with? Or do you live by yourself? Or do you live with your parents? And go, oh, yeah, I live uh, at home with my parents. And I said, do you have siblings? And she go, and she laughs. And she mm-hmm. goes, yes. And I said, um, so, you know, how many siblings do you have? Do you have a big family? She goes, oh, yeah, I've got a big family. And I have uh, eight siblings. <laughs> Right? And um, she's the second eldest. And I said, okay, so I pretty much know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Where did your first paycheck go? <laughs> Where did your first paycheck go? Yeah. And she goes, uh, um, well, to be honest, it went to my parents. And I said, but so did the second, right? And then the third, <laughs> and then the fourth. And she goes, yeah. I said, because you've got younger siblings, because you're the second eldest and you're 20, so I'm assuming that you've got ki- uh, siblings who are probably around two, three, five. She goes, yeah. And I said, so mom's probably not working because someone has to stay home and look after them, right? And look after them and care for them. She goes, yeah. So it's just dad work. She goes, yeah. I said, so here's the thing. People are going to create programs and they're saying, oh, you know, go get a great job and you can go and pay off your student loan. You get the money and where does it go? Does it go to student loan? Absolutely not. Come on, let's be realistic. Yeah. You know, that paycheck is going straight back home, right? That's what it's dealing with. Yeah. And people are creating programs and saying, oh, you know, you get paid a lot of money. 48000 ain't a lot of money. I was an intern at Microsoft and I was getting paid 40000 you know, yeah. 40000 yeah. right? And I'm talking about 2004, that's 16 years ago. That's $500 incremental mm. every year over 16 years. And this girl is in a multinational and she's getting paid 48000 I'm like, no, man. Yeah. You know? And that's why there's that whole notion of nothing for us. You know, don't ignore us if it's for us. Nothing about us without us. Yeah. If you're going to create programs, who in my community did you come and talk to? Because yeah. my boy Ingers is still sitting there. No one's coming to them. Hmm. The king eyes are over there and no one's joining them. So how did you figure out your program, yeah. right? Or did you guys just get together and figure out this little program by yourself and then high-fived and then went down to the pub and had a few drinks and thought, wow, we've done our bit for the world and diversity and inclusion. Yeah. It doesn't ride, right? Hmm. And that's why I had these internships, these one-year, let's tick a box, let's bring them in. Don't get me wrong, there's a place for them. Hmm. But this cannot be the only solution, right? And so when you look at the comparison between the apprenticeships of 20 years ago and the apprenticeships that are available now on apprenticeship.org, it's no difference. Because there's no technology apprenticeships available, right? And so, you know, um, we're going to change that. You know, uh, I mean, that's all I can say right now, but watch this space because, you know, and then one day you can play this back to some people and say, oh, yeah, you know, we were ahead because <laughs> we're already like, there. We? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and, you know, it's, it, it's you know, and I know I, I get really passionate about this because there, if there's one thing that I know that we need to work, be better on is understanding what we're worth. Mm. 
right? You know, when it comes to money, I don't care anymore. I just, you know, I talk about money. I talk about money and I help people to talk about money as well. Yeah. Because if you don't talk about money, you know, it, it's it's that old saying of, if you don't have a plan for yourself, someone else has got a plan for you. Yeah. Right? So it's better you have a plan for yourself. <laughs> yeah. And same thing happens to money. If you don't have a value for yourself, mm. someone's going to give you a value. Right? Someone's going to give you value and you're going to have to try and figure it out. And... Yeah, I'd rather come up with my own value things. So, okay. yeah. But, um, I don't know. I, I, I think if we can fix, you know, if we can convince people to um, to look at the apprenticeship piece, hmm. um, I think, you know, we'll be able to, to figure it out. You know, I think we'll be able to do it. But, yeah. Could be something we can discuss offline. Off here. <laughs> Oh, look. It's, oh, I don't know. Man, it's just been, I guess, just just your story and, and being able to share has been awesome. I, I don't know. Is there anything else you wanted to share, man? Because I, I, yeah, it's just no, so it's much. It's been good I, just talking, man. Oh, well, yeah, and I, I'm, I'm glad people get to hear the stories. It's one I really wanted to capture and just, I guess, your journey has been amazing and, and just seeing where you're going to keep going. Mm. The the bounce, you know, you've got like a, constantly got that plan and, you know, it's like a, is that just your, how long you feel your service, like I've, I can help during that period and then I need to move? What what forces you to move, like have that plan and go? Um, it's a good question. Uh, I like to work to deadlines. Mm. And I think... You know, what I discovered, because I was in the same role in Microsoft for six years. And I didn't, you know, I, I kept doing the same thing. And I remember I had this conversation with, you know, and I was walking out to lunch with some colleagues of mine who were doing exactly the same role as me. Mm. And we were talking about our performance reviews and we were getting ready for our performance reviews and things that we were, you know, we were going to discuss. Yeah. Um, and then I said to them, oh, you know, I just want to get to this level. And they all laughed, you know, because we have stock levels in Microsoft. Yeah. I want to get to this level. And they all laughed and then we kept walking. And I didn't pay any attention. I just thought they were all laughing. Afterwards, one of the guys pulls me aside. who's a really good friend of mine. Now, you know, we've, we've kept in touch. Mm. And um, he goes to me, can I ask you a personal question? And I said, yeah, of course. What's up? And he goes, are you really on that level? I said, what level? You know, the level, you know, because you're talking about getting to this new level, but that, uh, you know, and, and I mean, the way Microsoft works, it works on stock levels. Yeah. And at the time I was uh, level 58 and I wanted to get to a level 59. Okay, yeah, yeah. And, he, and I said, yeah. And he goes, well, because all of us are on level 61. Oh. <laughs> not the winning two awards yeah, yeah yeah and so this is I, like I'm still brand new in the company right This yeah. I'm still in Microsoft New Zealand I haven't gone to the Philippines yet yeah. and so then I said oh Man. and he goes you need to get that fixed and I said really and he goes yeah that's not right yeah. you know this is you know, my Palangi brother yeah, you know talking to me and I said okay thanks for that and then I went and had my boss up about it. And I wrote this long letter, and I found it recently. Yeah. 
And um, I kept it and I found it and I told him, you know, I don't appreciate this. Yeah. Six so years. It's like, uh, you know, I deserve more than mm. what you've been. And, you know, so we got together, we had this meeting and then he goes to me across the table and he's like going, look, I read your letter and yeah, there, there were some interesting points in there. Um, do I feel like I've been taking advantage of cheap labor? Yep, I guess so. It's like, uh, you just said that out loud. It's like, uh, you're not, that wasn't a thought bubble. Uh, you just said it out loud. I'm just saying, you know, and that's where I realized, man, you know, so I'm, no, wow. we're not doing this anymore. Yeah, yeah. We're not, you know, and, um, that year, the company recognized, you know, and it was the only time I was recognized here in New Zealand. The company recognized that um, uh, they needed to make things right mm. for me. Um, and so, you know, that year they allowed me to, um, you, know, the, you know, they obviously increased my uh, salary. They changed my stock level and all the rest of it, and then they moved, um, you know, and my wife and I uh, were given these travel vouchers where we then traveled to, I wanted to go to Fiji, but, you know, Linda wanted to go to, um, so we ended up going to, I think, um, see her family in the UK, and then we went to Spain, to oh, Rome, wow. so, so it was really me. great, yeah. you know, um, and it sort of helped to restore my faith in the company mm. uh, after that that unfortunate incident. But it also woke me up, you know. And I go back to that story: if you don't have a plan for yourself, yeah, someone else. Don't worry, lots <laughs> of people have got a plan for you. Yeah, right. Give it to that guy sitting in the corner. He never sees anything, and he's more than willing to take on more work. Mm. You know, and it's really cost effective because we don't pay him much. <laughs> Like, from a couple more coins and oh, you might like, think we're doing right. a like wow this is really great so you know and and again it can't just be about money right mm. you know but at the same time there's got to be a balance where you don't want to become resentful yeah so have the conversation i remember having conversations with people and saying um you know one of the brothers in manila he was getting ready to move to singapore mm. and uh he was negotiating and he, he was negotiating with them and they said oh you know, we're going to keep you on the same salary, but because in Singapore we only pay 15% tax maximum, you know, you're getting 17% of your what you would have paid in taxes back. And so, so you know, in effect, you know, they didn't increase the salary. They just took advantage of the tax <laughs> level, right? Yeah. And then my question to him was, oh, so let me ask you a question. So if the if Singapore decides to change the tax rate, are they going to increase your salary so your so your net income goes up as well? Mm. Probably not. <laughs> he goes, yeah, you're right. And I said, so what are you going to do? And he goes, oh, I met, I, you know, they, they got the, one of the HR people that I know, and, and she told me it's a really great deal. And I said, okay, thank you, <laughs> but uh, how do you feel? And he goes, um, I don't know. And I said, you want to go for more, right? And he goes, well, I don't feel like, you know, I said, you know, and there are some things that you have to know. You know, there's a difference between earning power and saving power, mm. right? You can earn more, but if your living costs are higher, 
you're not saving more, mm. right? So you're making more money, but you're spending more. Yeah. Whereas if you take your eyes off earning power and look at saving power, are you able to save more in this new package that you're getting? If you are, you're winning. Yeah. But if you're not, something's not right. Mm. And so I said to him, are you saving more on this current salary? And he goes, no, about the same. Said, then net, net, you're, you're losing. You know, law of atrophy says that if you're staying the same, mm. you're actually declining. Yeah. So you have to factor in growth so that if the law of atrophy applies, then that becomes that, yeah. right? But if you're that, law so of atrophy says, yeah. right? And so I had that conversation with him. I said to him, um, you should ask for an extra 2000 US per month. He's like, what? <laughs> I said, dude, what are they going to say? No? Yeah. So who cares? But you should at least ask, right? He goes, oh, no, no, I can't do it. And I said, look, you should go ask. Just ask. He goes, yeah, but everyone's already told me it's a great offer. It's a great offer. And I should take, I should be really grateful that I'm getting this offer. And, you know, I'll just, I don't want to come across ungrateful. And I said, mm, okay. And I said, but, you know, um, Joy and Mateo are going with, you know, his son and his wife. Mm. They're going with you, right? He goes, yeah. And I goes, Oh, one, just ask for another 2,000. It's going to hurt. They come back and say, oh, we'll give you 1,000. Yeah. And he goes, oh, no. I said, oh, okay. No problem. I said, but just remember, I want you to do me a favor. And he goes, yeah. And he goes, just remember this conversation when you're sitting in that apartment with the lights turned off <laughs> and one aircon unit on and you've got a candle <laughs> in the table and you're eating noodles. Remember we had this conversation. And your son's looking at you from across the table thinking, Dad, why'd you move us here? Because we don't have any money. Yeah. Didn't take much to motivate yeah. him to then go back. He goes, you're right. Yeah. I'm going to go back and ask for 2000 And I said, good boy. Yeah. You know, that's what we do, man. We mm. go back and we push. Yeah. And I said, so now you're ready to ask for 2000 Go ask for 3000 <laughs> And he's like, what? <laughs> what are you doing? And he goes, dude, you're going to ask for 2000 You're going to ask for 3000 <laughs> He goes, I don't know. It's got... Ask for 3000 yeah. And so he went and did it. They got angry. <laughs> they got really angry. They was like, you know, we really trusted you and we really believe you. And I was like, oh, blow it up. I yeah. don't care. They gave him 2000 extra. Oh, month, okay. Yeah. Right? And I said, see, you know, you're talking about a multi-billion dollar mm -hmm. company. If they need money, they will find money somewhere. Yeah. So don't, don't be fooled by that. Mm. Oh, this is the only budget we've got. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and I think our people need to understand that, mm. you know, understand your value, understand your worth. And, you know, don't be greedy about it. Don't don't make it about money. Mm. Make it about what your conviction. Right. And when you sit back and you look at and you look at what you're able to achieve, are you saving more? Are you doing making more impact with the dollars that you're making? Are you doing something that's changing the next generation that's coming through? Mm. If you're doing all of that, you're winning. Mm hmm. But if you're just getting something, so oh, I upgraded my car, or, or you know, I was yeah. like, mm, you know, I mean, to each his own. But that's not winning in my books. Mm. Winning in my books is when you look around and you see your kids are thriving, and you you see your 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 partner or your your other half is doing well, and they feel good about where they're at, mm. feel good about what you're doing, and they feel like, you know, you're you're contributing mm. to something greater than yourselves. That's winning, you know. That's what I'm talking about. So, you know. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs>
Bro, it's been worth the wait, man. I'm sorry oh, it took man. so long to get you oh, out no, here to no, record look, a track. Bro, man. honestly, I am so privileged to, yeah, you know, good. and I've always avoided this, to be honest. <laughs> um, everyone says, oh, you know, you should come in. I was like, mm, yeah, yeah, I'm right. You know, so, but, uh, you know, I, I jumped at the opportunity because I get to talk with, you know, I get to meet this guy. <laughs> and But I also get to talk to people that I respect, you know, and I... Um, I respect and and I also have uh, watched through the years, you know, um, become something far greater, you know, than than even they imagined, mm. right? You know, and and the stuff that you're achieving as well, bro. So, yeah. no, the the pleasure is all mine for for being here. So, uh, thank, thank you very much. Before we go out, bro, um, yeah, I guess if uh, we've spoken a lot about kids. Ain't no kids listening to this. <laughs> so, so the guys who are sitting, you know, home listening to this in a mm. factory job going, mm-hmm. oh, it's easy for you to say, I've got my kids to feed and yeah. don't think about the money. Mm. But if it's tech is the future, where mm. do I start? Um, good question. So one of the things that, you know, um, one of the things that we, and when I say we, I mean the collective we, those of us who are trying to start all of these not-for-profits, is we need to do a better job of, and I think in one of the articles I talk about it, do a better job of actually um, consolidating this stuff to make it easier for mm. for parents. Um, in one of the articles I wrote, I spoke about, you know, the biggest, you know, I talked about the, I think, of the eight reasons why your kids won't get a, a job in tech, right? And of all the eight reasons... Um, there were six there that were of different categories, mm. but there was one category that had two points, and that was about family and parents, right? Because that's the part where where if the parents are, you know, like in Bussy, when mm. we mentor the child, we're not mentoring the child, we're mentoring the family. The family yeah. And so if we don't help the parents to be supportive of the child, you know, and, and show them, you know, and support their new direction, They'll, they'll default back to what they know, mm. right? And it's not because parents don't want anything better for their children. It's just they, they do know. what they, they, you know, you know what you know. Mm. And so what we need to do as a, as a collective is do a better job of consolidating this stuff for parents to be able to, to understand uh, and find and learn and grow, right? Mm. In the meantime, however, whilst we start to figure that out, my recommendation is, um, you know, uh, look for look for groups like if if you're stuck, you know, come talk to us at Pacifica and IT. Mm. That not for profit was designed not to. Um, our job is not to become a provider to people. Mm. That's not it. The reason why we set up programs like Bussy was because our job is to find you know we look at the life cycle from early childhood education right through to leadership. Mm. And then we look for gaps in amongst that life cycle of, you know, Tana goes to uh, early childhood and he starts at school, you know, preschool. Mm. What digital education is he getting there? Then he goes through to primary school. What is he getting there? Secondary school, what is he getting there? Tertiary, if he goes to tertiary, or that catchment between, what is he getting there? Mm. First job in tech, what is he getting there? Breaking into that ceiling of, breaking through that ceiling of their first leadership role. And then eventually, you know, a senior leader. Mm. What are the things that are missing there that will help them to to really go through that journey, right? And I can speak from experience because I've gone, and I'm still going through mm. that, right? 
And and so then we, as Pacifica and IT, we recognize the gaps. We iterate. We saw a gap where primary school kids were not, you know, being encouraged to look at tech. Mm. And then we launched Bussy. We'll iterate Bussy two, uh, you know, two more times, V2, V3. And then we'll pass it on to an organization complete with funding so they can then scale that out to parents, right? Yeah. So so that's the, that's the, the vision. And then we look at something else, mm-hmm. you know? Um, we're currently looking at the catchment between secondary and tertiary. If you're going okay. to tertiary, you're already, you've got a, a fair um, a idea of where you want to mm-hmm. head. But what about the person who comes out of, out of uh, secondary school and says, oh, I want to do a gap year? You know, and the gap year becomes gap decade. Gap decade becomes gap life. You know, and so, so then we look at it and we think, how do we, you know, what's what's the what's the program we need to run in there? Mm-hmm. Um, we're about to launch a program called Plot, because uh, you know, taking from my experience and and just looking around uh, Auckland and Wellington, seeing a lot of young guys coming through who have been in the industry for 19 years, like yourself, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. come through. But now they're, they're struggling to get into that level of leadership because mm. how do I do it? How do you talk about money? Yeah, yeah. How do you talk about worth? Mm. How do you talk about the fact that I have leadership skills that may not be in the context that you're talking about, mm. but this is how I was, I was raised. Talk about guilds. What are you talking about? Man, I've been raised, you know, let me come on Sunday and I will show you a guild. You know? and, and so then, you know, it's helping people to understand their strengths and being able to articulate that when they go into these conversations. Mm. Not being afraid of your context and not being afraid to actually defend or, 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 um, or stand up for yourself, right? And say, well, you know, um, it, that, that whole piece... Mm. There are a lot of young guys who are struggling, and girls, you know, yeah, a, lot, yeah. a lot of young guys and girls who are struggling to get through. Girls even more so because mm. they're combating with yeah. the fact that they're female. And, you know, being brown, it's just, you know. It's <laughs> just the double. Yeah, it's, it's like the double whammy, uh, you know, double whammy, right? And so then what we wanted to do was create a program that would help them to, you know, listen to speakers, listen to people who have gone through that journey. Yeah. We've got some work that we're doing with um, uh, ITM, uh, the uh, ITSMF, so IT Senior Management Forum out of the US. Mm -hmm. We focus on African Americans who are coming, who are are breaking into that senior management um, level uh, in in tech. And then I have a couple of conversations happening at the moment with high tech, Mm -hmm. which is the Hispanics IT Executive Council. (laughs) And... You know, the reason why we're talking to them is because, you know, as Pacifica, we need to recognize who we are. Mm. We're not the majority by any stretch, but we're also not the indigenous, Mm. you know. So we have to respect the indigenous, and we don't want to ever feel like we're trying to displace them. We're a third. Mm. And so when you talk to um, the U.S., you know, African-Americans are now citizens. They're not the majority, not by any stretch. Hispanics, they're not the majority, mm. but neither of them are, are the indigenous, indigenous right? Because yeah, they're yeah. not First Nation. Yeah. So therefore, being able to talk to them and say, how do you operate in that environment yeah, where you feel too, good, yeah. right? And 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 come out in, of a place of strength. And so we're launching that uh, program uh, in February wow. uh, called Pacifica Leaders of Tech, so PLOT, plot right? Nice. And um, that will help. 
you know, our young leaders to come through mm. and really, you know, talk to them. We'll get speakers in front of them, um, you know, and we'll have quarterly events uh, where we'll introduce new new people that will come in and they'll um, talk about their journey, but more importantly, talk about how you overcome some of those barriers. Mm. You know, like when I was coming through and people said, oh, you know, you're too quiet. Yeah, you know, you're disengaged. You know, I was like, mm, did you grow up in my house? <laughs> Come into this room and I'll engage. <laughs> you, you, did you see my dad? Because uh, when dad speaks, yeah, no one wants to engage. Everyone's just sit and listen. So you know, and uh, for a long time, I was apologetic for that. Mm. You know, because it w- just wasn't the norm. I wasn't part of the cookie cutter brigade. Yeah. You know, I didn't fit into the molds that they had set for 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 males in IT, right? And so now, because of this whole drive towards diversity and inclusion, everyone's sort of like, oh, no, we've got to do it the right way, we've got to do it the right way. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I get it, mm-hmm. I get it. But um, let's take it another step further. Yeah. So coming back to your question, how do we do it? You know, reach out to us, specifically yeah. in IT. We'll direct you. There, there are a lot of, and again, there are a lot of, you know, coding clubs and all of that, that focus on helping kids. Yeah. But... Um, Again, it's being able to consolidate them in a meaningful way so that parents can look and say, oh, is there one out west in Massey? Yeah. yeah. Right? And then be able to go there. We don't have that mm-hmm. yet. Yeah. But we'll work on that to make sure that we've got something available at each level from early childhood right through to, you know, plot, right mm-hmm. through to leadership. So, yeah. yeah. And awesome, bro. Yeah, bro. Um, no, that's us. Thanks for, for laying a track with me, man. It's been ah, awesome. Cool. It's been an amazing journey. Um, and we'll probably thanks have to get you me. in again, bro. No, no, thanks for having me. It's been, it's been good, you know, and, um, uh, I was so into, um, you know, I, I've, you know, I, you know, one of the other things that I felt like I owed you a debt for helping us out with Bussy, you know what I mean? And, and, you know, those kinds of things I don't take lightly, you know, being able to, to grab people and put them in front of, you know, kids who are looking for something different, mm. you know. And so the work that you did there um, and being one of the mentors for Pasi, you know, is bigger than what you know. Mm. And, you know, and we're looking to do Pasi 2.0 when we go into uh, 2021. Okay. And then hopefully if we can squeeze in Pasi 3.0, then we can package it all up complete with funding and then we'll hand it off to another organization that has paid employees to run it so it's gonna be good so i appreciate it thank you thank you bro hey so uh, people want to i'll put the links in the in the the show notes but Mm -hmm. um if people want to reach out to you directly what's the best way bro um hit me up on email uh at torvivailua gmail.com you know um i think you know, or even, you know, um, get in on LinkedIn. Yeah. I think LinkedIn is really important. It's important for our people to to start, you know, it presence is everything. Mm. Being there, you know. You may not be vocal, you may not be so, but just being there and understanding what's going on and what's flowing through, yeah. um, that's important. So I'm not on Facebook. <laughs> so, so um, and, Oh, who did I just add? <laughs> and, and that's an... an an intentional thing for me. I, yeah. I came off Facebook. Um, uh, I am on Instagram, but I've only got, I think, four friends on Instagram. <laughs> I'm, like, terrible. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, that's a, that's another thing. Maybe just, just final comment is, 
you know, even our 15-year-old's not on social media, Mm -hmm. you know, and as someone who's on a school board, you know, the damage that you see as a result of social media, you know, we have to protect our kids and make sure that they're ready for Mm. it. You know, you can't give a, what I would call a loaded digital gun and say to them, hey, have at it, practice, learn. Mm. It's like, you know, because they'll turn that gun on themselves. Yeah. Knowingly and unknowingly, mm. you know, when you go out and you, you know, you you fire something into the the digital abyss, thinking that it'll never come back, but it always comes back. I know, because when I was hiring people, I was, you know, checking through their checking through yeah, their yeah. social media, right? Yeah. You know, you get this. I remember one time this guy came in really, really, you know, put well put together, yeah. jump onto his social media. And you know he's got he's 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 cross-eyed holding a bong. <laughs> I'm like, was this when I applied? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and I'm like, you know, I'm like, you know, to each his own. Yeah. But I'm like, man, you I'm look like, so polished yeah, today. Yeah, I was like, I was like, uh, dude, oh, you know. Man. And um, we never would have, you know, a lot of that stuff doesn't doesn't matter so much. And but but because it was this. A uh, person who is going to be focused on our education programs. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's just not the right. It's not aligned. Like, yeah. yeah, we wanted a really strong role model. Yeah, you know, the way kids could look and go, oh, you know, I want. And you know, the reality is, um, you know, they're going to hit all sorts of um, snags along the way as as children anyway. Mm. But we didn't want our program to be a snag yeah. in any way. Exactly. And so, you know. Uh, again, social media is something that we need to be very careful of, very mindful of, and hopefully we can, before we allow our children to get involved, that we, you know, start to teach them first, you know, what it means to be a good digital citizen and mm. all the rest of it. So, yeah. Nice final point. Be- before we go, bro, we are recording yeah, on a Wednesday night, so before we end, bro, yeah. the, the result tonight? Oh, come on, man. Why are we even having this conversation? <laughs> You know, I wouldn't come in here if you were wearing a blue jersey. You know, well, we're just heading to the final after this, so uh, thanks for those words. <laughs> I know Roger's not going to be very happy with that comment, but you know, it, you know, w- again, we're talking about reality. So, <laughs> awesome, bro. Thank you, man. All good. Hey, thank you very much for having me. Really, really appreciate it. Cheers, brother. All good.